Hey, everybody, it's episode 380 of PodQuest. Hey! Deja vu. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, it's Wednesday, November 24th, 2021. I am Chris. With me is Druton. Hello. And Walnut. Hello. How you guys doing? Oh, not too bad. You know, it's nice to get out of a 12-hour workday with only a uh, seven-hour workday. Yeah, that's... Well, it was like seven and a half. I mean, 12 hours is still a lot. It is, and the thing that sucks is it's not overtime. Uh, because I had off on Monday and I'm off tomorrow, so technically I don't have, I won't have 40 hours work, so it's not overtime. Oh. Most companies do it that way. Most companies do it that way. Normally I'm fine with working 12 hours, especially with what I have to do, except for when I'm not working 40 hours. Yeah. So, so like yesterday when you worked till like nine o'clock or whatever, um, and then today you work, you're like, you already clocked out for today? Yes. So like... You're not losing any hours then, right? Well, no, no, no. They're paying me for the for the two hours today. So I'm not losing any hours. I got four additional hours yesterday. Oh, okay. So it's not like um they weren't trying to even out the overtime. You're actually keeping no. all of the overtime. No, yeah. It's the entire company got the leader, not just me. Oh, nice. Or at least everyone except maybe the call center. Still, that's, you know, that's not bad. That's not bad. No, it's only the second time it's happened in my over two years of working or not over close to two years from here so really yeah i've gotten to leave work early twice this month yeah yeah you also got a uh paid trip to <laughs> tennessee yep from work and and a bonus I got, this month all i got was on uh labor day weekend hey guys we made 10 million dollars this quarter you can leave two hours early yeah that's that's no good no not at all. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm fine. I get, I, we have Thanksgiving tomorrow, so it's nice. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, tomorrow being Thanksgiving is, uh, I was off today, and I'll be off until Tuesday, because I took off, uh, today and Monday. Nice. I, I wish I took off Friday, but I have to work on Friday. It's so dumb. We're, my company is closed on Friday, so like we're off Thursday, Friday anyway, so I took off the Wednesday and Monday to give like an extra long break. Yeah, no, I would do that. I, I would have, I would have, like, since I knew I was going to take off Monday, I probably, if I knew I was also off on Friday, I would have taken off just Monday, Tuesday. Which, I don't blame you, right? No. So, just for what it's worth, uh, it looks like the website is working again. Awesome. Little BTS for everyone who's listening right now. Yeah, our site was down temporarily because we're moving server, or uh, what is it? We're moving so, hosts? moved everything away from our old host. Um, our old host was just a piece of garbage. Um... It cost me $8 to move the domain and everything else, like the, the renewal was coming up for everything. So it's like, might as well just do it now, cancel the renewal from the other place, get it onto a platform mm-hmm. that like actually updates. Cause the platform we had hadn't updated PHP in two years and it was Ooh, so nice. out of date <laughs> that every time I logged into the WordPress admin, it yelled at me telling me, Hey, your PHP is super out of date. You should fix it. And whenever I would reach out to the host, they'd be like, Oh yeah, no, we don't do that. Like, if you want to do that, you have to upgrade to a to a higher cost hosting. I'm like, well, fuck you guys. Like, <laughs> that's not happening. So, yeah, seriously. I just, I moved to a platform where it's the same cost and is more reliable. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Makes sense. Really and now, like, now at least um, it, it also let me move, like, I moved the domain away from them, too. So, like, now I have the domain in the same place as podquest.club. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about I that. forgot about podquest.club. <laughs> It like renewed. It renews like once a year, and it's only like twelve bucks. So I just keep letting it renew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why, why not? Why, why do we do PodQuest.club? 
It was just like a random domain I bought at one point. Okay. Cause it was, it was super cheap. Um, I was actually looking at, um, at, uh, little, little more how the sausage is made. I was looking at domains for bonus action just to see kind of like what was available. Um, mm-hmm. so bonusaction.com taken, not getting that. But, um, oh, where, where was the one that I saw? So we, we could buy bonusaction.fun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it is boy. only ninety nine cents for the first year, and then thirty dollars after that. Bonus action dot fun. I like that. I like that a lot. If it if it wasn't a thirty dollar domain after the first year, I would totally be down for it. But because mm-hmm. like ninety nine cents, sure. Like why the fuck not? Yeah, it makes sense. But I agree. Yeah, can't can't do that. Like bonus action dot net is actually only twenty dollars. Um, it's fifteen right now because they have like a sale on all domains. But then it's a, it's it's twenty after that, and even that's like I don't want to do that, but I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, bonusaction.fun. If anyone wants to buy it for us and point it at our site, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> no, not at all. Anybody who wants to help out our sites and help us uh, get more exposure, go ahead and do that. We appreciate it. Share all our socials. As long as you're not a dick, go ahead and we support you doing that. Oh, you know, so we could keep we could keep the the trend alive and do bonus-action.com. It's only eighteen ninety nine a year, or okay, or bonusactions dot com would be eighteen ninety nine a year. Also, bonus action. That'd yeah, be, I don't, no, I don't like that. No, I wouldn't do that. But I'm just yeah. just throwing out there some stuff. Um, regardless, uh, I don't know what the fuck happened, but it's it seems to have resolved itself. And uh, Rich, what's on the agenda for tonight? On the agenda for tonight, uh, Cobb, you got to go to Anime NYC this past weekend. I did. Um. Then uh, we're going to have a sequel to our State of Decay discussion yes, last from last week with uh, my State of Decay de- discussion for this week, because uh, I played it after he, uh, you guys told me about it. Uh, then we find out that Epic has purchased Harmonix. Uh, I'm fully caught up, with the exception of Superman and Lois, on the Arrowverse. Um, all I have are is the first episode of Flash, which literally just aired last week, so it's, I'm, I'm fully caught up. What about Supergirl? Uh, I well, that has not uh, come on Netflix, yet, so I'm fully caught up to what I can be caught up. On. Okay. Um, and then, uh, Cobb, you're gonna talk to us about some more Mobile Suit Gundam Seed. Um, then uh, Ridley Scott is an old ass man, and we're gonna talk some uh, book club with Giant Beastcast. Yeah, yeah, that that about sums it up. So, yeah. so yeah, this this past weekend was the 2021 edition of Anime NYC. Up at the Javits Center in New York City, as you'd, you'd guess by the name. Mm-hmm. Um, it was significantly bigger than it has been in previous years. Huh. Um, they actually, I believe they sold out of all badges on, th- up, like on Thursday. So like uh, the convention was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and they were sold out of badges on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe they have actually ever sold out of badges before. I don't know if they had like a lower limit than they have before. But the place was definitely incredibly crowded. And they don't... Um, So the very first year that we went, they didn't have the whole expo floor. So some, so the different sections were actually split up between different areas of the convention center. But since then, they, they've had the whole expo floor. And they basically have it broken up where, like, two-thirds of it is, like, expo floor with, like, like normal booths and stuff like that that you'd find in a convention. Right. And then half of the other third is autographs, 
and the other half of that last third is Artist Alley and food because okay. that's it. That was it was very weird, but not necessarily bad. Like it ended up working all right, it seems. But they basically along one side of the convention hall, they lined it up with um like food stalls selling mostly like Asian food dishes, and like most of it was actually pretty good. Um, nice. I had a, I I had a um a Peking duck like bun like a pork bun but with duck inside of it instead it was very good we had um scallion pancake things that were like fresh made that were delicious and a, a lot of the places were um either food trucks in new york or they were restaurants that also do like catering stuff like this in new york so like that was cool but like that led right into artist alley which was definitely the biggest artist alley they've had so far um mm-hmm. and it was it was spaced out pretty well but it unfortunately also oh looks like we lost drew um it looks like it dipped, um, or not dipped, but one of the entrances lit, led right into it, and that entrance happened to be um, off an escalator. So it just kind of, it got very crowded in, like, the middle aisles um, near the front of it. Okay. Uh, yeah. But but they had a lot. Drew, you back? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, cool. No, he's not. Uh, they had a, they had a lot of stuff. Yeah. Can you not hear I him? I don't hear him. I don't oh, hear I, him. yeah, no, I can't hear Richie. Uh, All right, guys. We're gonna, we're gonna pause real quick no one no one's gonna stop recording why don't you guys both just refresh your your browsers real quick I, it might just need to be me let me do it. okay oh can you guys hear each other hello yes okay i i can see his waveform hey problem solved all right so we're back we're good i'll, I'll try and remember to cut this out it's like 11 40 something nah keep it in <laughs> uh so where was yeah so artist alley was cool um when we, drew you went to at least one odor con right I went to three, I think. Okay, I, I remembered you being at one, but I couldn't remember how many others. And Rich, I know you've been to a bunch of them. Um, I feel like Artist Alley has gotten progressively and progressively more horny over the years. Uh, I mean... I can't say I remember much, but come on. <laughs> I, I, I can't say it hasn't been horny over the years. Like, no, it's it's... When you're talking about nerd art, there's a lot of boob art. I oh, no, I mean, there, yeah. th- there is always been, like, it has always been a thing, but, I mean, there was a whole row that, like, we were just kind of uncomfortable being in. Uh-huh. Um, and especially knowing that, like, most of the characters being depicted that way are, like, 15. Yeah. It's like, this is weird and creepy, and y'all need to, need to reel it in a little bit. Oh, yeah, no, they, they, yeah, 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 they do. They do, they definitely... I totally agree they do. It's just, unfortunately, as gross and weird as it sounds, it's just par for the course for anime art and shit like that. Like, I mean, you're not, you're not wrong. And like, I think one of the worst parts is like when you're walking around and and you see that stuff and like Eric and I were talking about it as we were walking around, a lot of it, really, really good art. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's very well done, but it's like, I wouldn't, even if I like that character, I don't want that picture of them. Yeah. And, like, it kind of sucks because, like, so there was one booth that had um, some Metroid art, and they were really well done, except it was, it it never had the helmet on. It was always Samus without the helmet on, and always in a very weird kind of, like, position. Like, it, it was always that sort of, like, ass out over shoulder kind of mm-hmm. look. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And even though she's in armor, they were still exaggerating certain parts of her. Uh huh. Yeah, and it's like yeah. this checks man, out. 
those look really cool if they would just be nor like if, if that person had just drawn a normal ass looking Samus, that would have been great. I would have bought one. Nah. But, <laughs> no, like, I remember uh, at one of the Otakons, I went to Artist Alley and there was this Kakashi that I thought was really cool and I bought it. And then afterwards I looked at it and I'm just like, I don't know, there's something wrong about this one. And like, it, it just, it was a lot more different. At was the his time dick just after. hanging out? No, it wasn't, it wasn't that, but it was like more, like, they made it more, like, as I was looking at it and like the hype of everything going on, like, I didn't like inspect it. And it just, it looked like Kakashi in his, uh, Anbu, right? Yeah. Uh, Anbu costume with his mask and he was taking it off. But then when I got home, it's just like, this is a lot more sexual and centralized than it really needs to be, but also a little bit over the top feminine as well for such a masculine character. And, and yeah. I'm just, but it's like, like, why is this so sexualized? It's a ninja wearing full ninja armor, getting ready to fight as a ninja. Like, why? Why wouldn't that be sexualized, really? I mean, Kakashi is a hot piece of ass, so like, I totally agree with you on that one. But still, like, why do you have to sexualize that? Because. Yeah, like I, I also don't get that. Um, that said, like, yes, there, there was plenty of kind of cringe. There was some stuff. I, if I could have gotten a good picture, I would have taken a picture of it and posted it on on Twitter. Um, so Drew will appreciate this more than you will. Somebody did these pictures, and it was all even the the non sort of like creepy stuff was very well done. But they had these hyper realistic pictures of Wario and Waluigi. Okay. Um, from the neck down. So, like, their heads still very much looked like Wario the, and Waluigi. Uh-huh. Little more realistic than cartoony, so that it fit, like, the body. Right. But they were both on these, like, ripped-ass, like, muscular <laughs> bodies. With, like, no shirts. I think I think at one of them, it was Waluigi with, like, a big bulge in his pants, too. Of course. Like, just kind of, like, leaning back. And I'm like, I kind of want to just snap a picture of that and post it on Twitter and tag Dan Reichert in it. <laughs> to let him know that anime is where he belongs. Um, but, like, it was it was one of those things where it was behind the booth and, like, above the person. And I didn't want to be, like, that person taking pictures of their artwork. Right. Um, but there was also a lot of really cool art there. Like, we bought a, a handful of things. Um, there was one person that did these. Um, you might have seen, like, p- people have posted similar, like, styles on, like, Facebook where they'll do, like, time-lapse video of them doing. Where they'll do, like, some sort of outline of something, like... Um, memorable from like a series mm-hmm. and then inside of that they will like paint like a scene or whatever mm-hmm. so we got two of them one of them is it's Howl's moving castle so it's it's the the shape is the the castle and then inside of it is like a picture of a scene from the movie with like you can see like the characters and stuff like in there and it's it's really cool looking and then the other one is a it's a similar idea but it's the one piece um jolly roger symbol like where it's it's the Jolly Roger, but with the hat on top, and then it's got like silhouettes of the characters in like a sunset inside of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like those were cool. Um, by some miraculous turn of fortune, there was some dude there who actually had two Turna Gundam prints that were also also really good Turna Gundam prints. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bought both of those immediately because it's like, well, fuck, like. <laughs> I really like that show. I've never seen anybody do artwork for it before. It's a 20-year-old show at this point. Like, what are the fucking odds? So. You're, uh, to to be, uh, like, coincidental, I guess. I don't know. Uh, like, mentioning Turn of Gundam. You're not the only one who's, who, like, in any sort of media 
I've heard discuss Turn of Gundam over the past, like, three, four months. There's a YouTube show I watch called Drawfee, where it's a bunch of artists, they, um, talk about stuff while drawing different random things submitted by the viewers. And at one point, I think it was on that show, they started talking about Turn of Gundam and how ridiculous. Oh, it, 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 it's ridiculous, but in the best way. They might, ha- they may have also been listening to the Great Gundam Project. Cause that's how I, what got me watching Turn of Gundam. Um, so it's from a, um, a, like a podcast group thing called Abnormal Mappings. They have like a Patreon for $1. You can get, um, the Great Gundam Project, which is a weekly podcast where every week they talk about two episodes of the series. And they, they're working their way through every piece of Gundam content. So they started okay. with the original and they are now up the, um, actually today, the last episode covering Turn of Gundam released. Okay. So they're doing, they're doing the weird live action movie and then they'll be on to Gundam Seed after that. Nice. Um, but th- this past season, I actually ended up listening to it because Austin Walker ended up being a permanent guest for this whole season. Nice. So I had seen him tweet about it like right be- right, right as the first episode released. And I'm just like, it's only a dollar. Fuck. I'll, I'll sign up for a dollar and, and check this out and ended up really like, I really like the podcast and like that show just ended up being fantastic. But yeah, they might listen to that too. And that's maybe, maybe they are helping to revitalize Turn of Gundam and make <laughs> people understand that it is quite possibly the best Gundam. Uh, I mean, but, it's not G Gundam though. Like, I mean, look, G Gundam is good for a whole other set of reasons, but like as far as a, "Quote unquote traditional style of Gundam that's really more anti-war than anything else. Yeah. Uh, Turn a Gundam is the the best Gundam. Okay, I, I will I will accept no alternatives. But yeah, so Artist Alley was really cool. We we got a couple other prints and things like that. Um, talked to some people. A lot of cool stuff there. They had one guy that um he makes um like different like pins like a, like metal and enamel pins and. It sounds from what he was saying, he like kickstarts them, and when he does a different set, he'll kickstart it, and then he'll do like stretch goals for different things. So at some point, he had kickstarted all of the evolutions, and okay. the uh, the stretch goal was to do shiny versions. So he actually has a full set of every Eevee and every evolution with their shiny variant. Nice. That um, it was I think it was like five bucks for a pin. Or that he was selling little like blind bags for like ten bucks that just had three random ones in it. Okay. Um. So Erica ended up buying one of them because like they're they're they were really well done pins. I wish I I will find business cards for some of the places I'm talking about and because uh, we we were grabbing cards from everybody and I will post them on uh on the show notes here. A lot of it went up. Erica posted a ton of stuff on Instagram too. So if you go to uh Instagram.com slash one underscore quest. Mm-hmm. Or at one underscore quest on Instagram. Uh, you can see there's a bunch of posts from like different stuff that ha- that we saw at the convention. Yeah. I, I, I do want to go out there and say fuck shiny evolutions and Eevee because they look gross. Some of them are bad. I like, I like the green, um, Espeon or yeah, Espeon. Uh, no, yeah, Espeon is green with purple. He's maybe the only one that's fine, but like, and Umbreon is blue and black, but the rest of them, like the, Green Jolteon, he just, they all just look sick, especially Eevee itself. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the Green Jolteon, but most of the other ones I'm fine with, they're just like paler versions well, of yeah, them. Yeah, they're, they're duller color, which to me, I look, I'm like, they all look sick! Like, what is so, like, why would you want a Pokemon that looks sick? It's gross. Yeah. 
I mean, look, you're you're not wrong on that, but they they were still really well done and like they were they were pretty cool looking. Um, other than than Artist Alley though, uh, the expo floor was very much like a normal ass anime expo or like a normal like expo floor for a convention. Only similar to what we saw at New York Comic Con, there were no major anime or manga people there. So, so this convention is um, partially sponsored by Crunchyroll. So they had a booth there, but like Crunchyroll doesn't sell anything. They just have like a booth to like advertise for the service. Um, In previous years, Funimation has had like a big booth there with just Blu-ray sets everywhere, so you can like look Mm -hmm. through things and like other merch too. They didn't have anything. Um, Viz wasn't there, um, Shonen stuff wasn't there, like, but both of them, Viz and, um, Funimation had giant booths at New York Comic Con. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say, uh, go right out and say I'm inclined to think that maybe it, because of COVID and everything, it was more profitable for them to be at one and not both. I, I imagine you're right, and they probably figured New York Comic Con was bigger. So they would have more potential foot traffic. But I feel like Anime NYC was big enough that having that demographic that's actually there strictly because they're into anime probably would have seen a better... But like, absolutely. And also, like, I don't know, really know if there's been any other major conventions between Comic-Con and... and When was Comic-Con? That was at the end of September, right? Uh, Beginning of October. Yeah, so it's really not been that long. I bet you they probably could have saved a lot of money if they just kept stuff over here and been ready for both conventions. Like, I but I don't know how big other conventions might have been that they went to other places instead. Yeah, and so I don't know if like Funimation and Viz necessarily have been at other conventions, but from talking to a couple of the artists, they've been at shows basic. Excuse me, every other weekend, or in some cases every weekend. Mm-hmm. So, like, there are definitely other big conventions going on around the country. Um, like, I know, like, Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle, I think, is actually, like, next week. Yeah. Um, and that's, like, one of the other really big ones. Like, that's one of the really big West Coast ones. And they are actually doing, there is a, I think it's actually this weekend, is um, San Diego Comic Con, like, special edition that they're doing, like, in person in San Diego. It's not yeah. going to be as big as, like, the traditional one is, but it's going to be, like, an in-person show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, so the expo floor was like your normal, like vendors selling a bunch of like weird niche stuff. Um, again, similar to artist alley, bunch of booths that literally have like 18 plus signs all over the place and lots (laughs) of, um, things, lots of pieces of paper taped over things to hide, um, inappropriate details. Yeah. Uh Um, but also like a lot, a lot of t-shirt vendors, a lot of plushies, a lot of Funko pops, Mm -hmm. um, even though it's an anime so, convention, you also have a lot of people selling, like, random action figures, and uh, there was somebody that, that makes custom soaps. That was yeah, that was yeah. a different one. Um, they There was that one booth Rich I had taken a picture of for you that was selling all the Pokemon cards at outrageously marked up prices. Outrageous <laughs> prices. Dude, um, there was one pack, and Rich, I don't know what that pack was, maybe you can you can specify, but it was like this, this white pack, I think it was like the 25th anniversary one, it was marked at $400. Um, I don't really know what it was. Um, it had the 25th anniversary, like, Pikachu logo on the side, but, like, it, 400 fucking dollars for some, po- for, like, basically a blind box of Pokemon cards. Uh, yeah, so, Ultra Premium Collection, I guess is what they're calling it. 
celebration because it was like it had the slash crop like a clear slash across the one side and it was the big pikachu face with the 25 um i'd have to look at it again but yeah it's like the ultra ultra premium collection it's for their 25th anniversary for their celebrations um it's i mean tcg collector is pricing it at 305 dollars um but um yeah i don't really know what it what what it is but yeah, that's that's obnoxious. Four hundred bucks for that thing. Yeah, like just outrageous. But yeah, they, they had a bunch of other cool stuff on there. Um, for for whatever reason, they had like a weird um, they they had dueling car shows basically. Mm-hmm. So in two different sides of the of the convention center, they had DJs with a bunch of anime wrapped cars, mm-hmm. and they were they were two different companies. So I know they weren't like um, it wasn't just the same place like split across, but it was neat looking. Um. I only got, I only went to a single panel. Um, there were like three that were literally all at the same time that I thought about going to. Uh, I ended up only going to one. Um, Rich, I, I don't know if you're familiar with it. And of course the dog's barking now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called loud, annoying, and very annoying. <laughs> uh, uh, hang on. I'm going to close my door real quick. That's such a timely name <laughs> right now. Uh, no, Ben's fine. Uh, or Keely, Keely, whatever one it was. Um, but no, I've, I've never heard of this anime. Uh, and doing a quick search while, uh, I guess Cobb is still coming back. And I'm back. Uh, that box, I just looked it up, uh, at GameStop was retail 120 bucks. Oh, um, wow. It's not available at GameStop anymore, but uh, let's see, two commemorative metal, what's, what's, what's in it? Which it probably has enough in it to make it worth 120 bucks. Two commemorative metal, metal cards featuring base set Pikachu and base set Charizard. Special gold version of Pikachu V, special gold version of Pokeball, stunning Charizard and Pikachu enamel pin, metal Pokemon coins, 17 celebration four card boosters, uh, eight additional Pokemon trading card packs, um, three storage boxes, uh, so let's see, eight packs is about six bucks a piece, so that's, um, what is it, eight times six, it's 42, right? 48. No, 48. Um, then you got the 17, uh, celebrations, which I would put those at maybe two to three dollars a piece, because there was only four cards as opposed to eleven. So let's just go with two for thirty-four dollars on top of that. So that's eight, uh, ninety bucks right there, right? Eighty bucks right there, plus everything else. So one hundred twenty bucks, reasonable. Four hundred dollars, not. Yeah, not not even a little bit. Um, but yeah, so so that panel I mentioned, um, annoying or loud, annoying and very annoying. They they shorten it to to lava because. Why the fuck not, right? Um, so it's it's three voice actors. It's Ray Chase, Max Middleman, and Robbie Damon. And mm-hmm. it's basically um, it's an audience interactive um, improv session. And they they definitely just have a lot of fun with it. Um, they they do like different like improv games. Um, one of them one of them was basically like it, it was called Walkin' with Walkin'. So two of them do Christopher Walken impressions mm-hmm. as, and like act as Christopher Walken together on an adventure while the third one like na- is like the omniscient narrator and the two that are doing Christopher Walken leave the room the other person asks um for a series of things from the audience so it's like a weapon and a secret and a, and a fantasy enemy or a, f- a fantasy beast and a mythical beast and like a few other things and writes all those down and then as the the two Walkens are basically like improving like throws those things out so like 
the weapon was a was a sword made of bread. Um, they found a treasure that was just a single cheese curl. Mm-hmm. They had um, their fantasy beast was a unicorn, and their mythical beast was Danny DeVito. <laughs> so like it was just goofy shit like that, and they just kind of had to roll with it. Um, the secret was that one of the two was actually a pillow. Mm-hmm. So like they they did they all just they leaned into it really good. It was really funny. They did a um they also did a dating game sort of thing where they actually pulled up three couples from from the audience and had them like basically play the dating game. Mm-hmm. But uh th- these two girls went up and they basically asked if they could role play and they role played as being um Phoenix Wright and Apollo Justice or not Apollo Justice um uh, Miles Edgeworth. Okay. So, like, all of the questions they answered as if they were those characters, while the the other two two couples actually, like, were just themselves. It's very funny. Um, none of them did very good. Like, they, they were they were asked things like, what would their fursona be if they were a furry? And, um, uh, the, this poor, this one poor guy, he fucking said elephant. Like... Oh, God. And I think it was that, that same guy, very, very, like confidently when asked um um who who like um his partner's like favorite character was basically just said himself Mm. and then like (laughs) and then like when the girl came back out um definitely didn't even like almost consider him for a second Mm -hmm. um so it was was very funny and like the the three guys just like leaned into it really hard especially when when one of the questions was favorite voice actor and like when that got asked the the one guy pointed at somebody on stage and said what was his name again (laughs) said him (laughs) And then when when his his partner came back out, she said um, she literally said the other guy that that was on stage. So it was very funny. They got extra points for that one just because um, two of them found it very funny and the other one was a little hurt. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Like I I just followed them on Twitter. I found them loud, annoying, very annoying. They're they're a Twitch show uh, and live stage. Yeah. Yeah, So they apparently like stream games and stuff like that. Like I I look at their Twitch like they've played like um, uh. (laughs) Fall they Guys tend, and stuff recently. They tend to play games that one of them is in in some way. Like I was that makes wa- sense. going I was going through their Twitter and both Robbie and someone else is in Halo. So they're like, hey guys, since I guess half of the crew is in Halo, we'll play Halo tonight. Or like, hey, since apparently Robbie's in Back for Blood, we're gonna play Back for Blood or something like that. Yeah, and like the, they all do a bunch of video game and um uh anime stuff. Yeah. Like uh Max Middleman is uh One Punch Man. Like he is okay. Saitama. Oh. I um he, he he has done a bunch of other stuff too. Um I shit, what was the other thing? He's also he's oh, what was the other thing that I see now now I'm drawing a blank. I know he is also the, the main character in Gundam Seed that I just watched, which I thought was just funny when I went there. But he was also like he was in a game or something that while you guys might not have played, you definitely would have known. I oh, know. um, he he is Ryuji in Persona Five. Okay, oh, that's that's where I wh- what it was. He's also done like voices in like Fallout Four, Diablo Three, Halo. F- yeah, like Halo Five. They all of them probably did a random voice in Halo Five. I'm sure, but it was a cool panel. I mean, the only game that I've well, I played Diablo, but I don't remember any of the voices in Diablo. The only game that I really played in that list that you gave me I, I would not be able to say if I even met the character that they would voice because it's Fallout 4 and fuck if I know if I met that character's character that person's character that's that's fair um 
but yeah, so the it was a convention too, so there was lots of cosplay. Um, there was a lot of really good cosplay. Um, I feel like ha- having gone to a lot of comic and anime conventions, but not really having done as many anime in recent years. Um, the anime crowd definitely goes harder for their cosplay. Oh yeah, yeah. like yeah, it's it seems as if like the anime and general animation uh, crowds go a lot harder. And I don't know if it's just because anime characters tend to have more elaborate costumes than comic book characters do. So, like, you you see some really cool stuff. Like, the people that do, like, really cool, like, Iron Man armor cosplays and all, like, those are always good. But then you also see a lot of people that, like, they're just wearing bodysuits. And, like, they they look good. Odds are are they're bought. But, like, still, like, they went through the effort of getting it and, and wearing it and everything like that. So, like, fucking right on them. It's I, I think it's also, like, um, a lot of comic fans are, like, the old guard, where it's the older guys and, and, and the gatekeepers of the nerd community that's, like, you're not real comic fans, and they don't cosplay, and they probably hate cosplay. So, like, in comic conventions, cosplay is maybe a little bit newer than in anime conventions, which is why it's bigger in anime conventions. I mean, that, that might yeah. be the case, but... I mean, like, you still, like, there are a lot of cosplayers at, like, Anime NYC, and, like, Comic-Con, um, San Diego Comic-Con gets a, a shit ton, and they're always very elaborate and, and stuff. And New York does also get some really cool elaborate ones, but I just feel like people just, even the ones that, like, weren't as, like, impressively done, like, just the amount of work they took, like, I just feel like the, the anime crowd just goes a little harder, because a lot of anime characters that people want to dress up as just, it takes more. Mm-hmm. Though, though this was also one of those things where, like, Demon Slayer, super big right now, a lot of Demon Slayer cosplays. So, like, a lot of people wearing, like, the, the green checkered robe, or, um, um, if they were dressing up as, if they were, like, a female dressing up, they were, um, the, the one bug girl who, I can't remember her name, the one that, like, doesn't necessarily fight with a sword, but, like, does, like, poisons and stuff. Oh, from, uh, from, from Demon Slayer? Demon Slayer, yeah. Um, I you don't know who I'm talking about. She, she yeah, was one of the Hashira. Yeah, she yeah. had like the the white um the white with like the green and purple um Yeah, her blade po- is super thin. Yeah, cuz she she doesn't actually fight with swords but like she like does like poisons and antidotes and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, her. A lot lot of her and a lot of um a lot of Tanjiro. Actually a lot of um Inozuke's too, the 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 pig-headed guy. Yeah. There was there was one dude that w- in that costume that was like actually just as jacked as that character is. Like, was just, like, a fucking wall of muscle. And it's like, man, good for you. Like, you found a, a good character for your your yeah, physicality. Yeah. That's 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 the one thing. I, I want to get back into cosplay, but I really, right now, the only thing I can do is fat gum. <laughs> because I'm so big. But hey, that's... So, this one, actually, there was somebody that, um... There was somebody that was in a wheelchair. Um, mm-hmm. that actually cosplayed as fat gum. And, like, yeah. they did a really good job with, like, the, the jacket and, like, the, the hood and everything like that. Like, it, they did a good job with it. Yeah. I, I would, I would just, I would love to cosplay Fat Gum, because he is now my favorite character of all time. He, he is good. I, I think it, if you ever watch the third movie and you see the Egyptian hero, mm-hmm. that may become your favorite hero, though. Okay. Because he, he is a piece of paper. Yeah. And he is great. Um, but yeah, so, Real, I I enjoyed the convention a whole lot. Um, Eric had a good time too. We definitely had a better time here than we did at New York this year. Like it just, I don't know what it was. Like this one just felt more like a convention than New York did. Um, yeah. There there were some problems though. Luckily, they weren't problems that impacted us because we were lucky enough to have press passes to go. 
So we got to go through a different entryway and all, but the lines were just outrageous all three days. Um, I went up on Friday, um, cause I was off and I'm pr- so the convention technically opened at one on Friday. I believe they started letting people into the building to get like their badges and all if they, if they didn't buy them before the mail deadline at 10. Mm-hmm. Um, have either of you guys ever been to the Javits Center? No. Um, back, cause that's a long, that's on the water, right? Yeah. Yeah, back when it was, uh, anime, uh, New York Comic Con and Anime Fest. It was okay. one and the same. Yeah, so, and it, technically it still is. Anime NYC is not that convention. Mm-hmm. Um, New York Comic Con just doesn't advertise the Anime Fest part. They just, it's in a building like a block away now. Yeah. But, so, at the Javits Center, there's like this big open area that's sort of like below everything because the Javits Center sits weird. And it, it's outside though. There's a little bit of like an overpass from where like the building kind of stretches out of it, but it's pretty big. It's usually where food trucks are parked during New York. Um, when I got there at about 1.30 on Friday, that whole area was full of people in line and the line just zigzagged back and forth like four times and then wrapped all the way outside of the, the gate to the building down the block and around. Um, to the point where had I actually had to stay in that line, I probably would have just gone home because I wouldn't have gotten in before the convention closed. Um, I noticed that there was a little bit of an ins, like a, a surge of people coming in around 530 when I was getting ready to leave. Damn. Yeah. Jeez. Um, so like on Friday, the floor was pretty empty because everyone was stuck outside and it seems like they only had a single line for and so you had to have a, a, a wristband to get in, too, to prove that they checked your vaccine card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had to go through a, vac- a vaccine check, potentially pick up your badge, and also, like, show your badge and, and, like, all that stuff to get in. And it just, it did not go well Friday. It seemed to not go very well Saturday either. Like, we got there a little after 10 um, when the doors, so the doors theoretically opened to the expo floor at 10. Eight o'clock is when they were supposed to start letting people in to start doing like um, vaccine checks and all. And for Saturday and Sunday, they had actually tried to reconfigure how they were doing it. And they had three different lines, depending on if you already had a badge and a vaccine check, if you just needed a vaccine check or if you just needed a badge. So like you could get into whichever line kind of corresponded to your needs and just get in. I'm going to close my door again. Hang on. Be right back. (laughs) I wonder how Pax Unplugged is going to be with for that. As he was speaking, as he was talking about that, I just realized my uh, vaccine card is not right in front of me. I hope I did not leave it in my pants pocket when I did my wash. Oh, no. What did you do? Apparently, you can, like, get it online. Uh, Yeah, there are, like, um, a couple apps out there that you could use. Yeah, and you you just put your uh, information in it, and it'll let, like... Because that's registered, whether or not you got your vaccines and your boosters. Yeah. Like, it'll have it, what you have. But I can't remember. So, so most of I... those apps, you need to take a picture of the card. Not, uh, so Docket is the official one for the state of New Jersey. Absolutely mm-hmm. don't need to take a picture of your card. Oh, yeah, nice. Okay. It, it, it pulls the med- it pulls the records from the from, government. Yeah. Using oh, your nice. date of birth and social security number, I believe. Okay, I have clear, and that one I had to take a picture of it, but it's accepted a bunch of places, and you can actually do um, event passes. So, like, New York Comic Con had one, PAX Unplugged actually has one, where, like, it pins it to the top of your thing, and you can just click on it and show them the green thing, and it they'll, and it has a uh, QR code if they want to scan it. 
Okay. I'll have to go out in my car and see and find it. Hopefully, I didn't wash it. Yeah, that would that would suck. But yeah, so the the line to get in was just it was it was a bad time for people. Um, I heard I definitely heard people complaining about how bad it was too. Like that, like it was kind of ruining their time because like they had so little time to be in the convention because of how bad getting in was. Yeah. Um, and like every day they were sending emails um about like the line and trying to make it better. So like the convention was at least trying to remedy it, but. It just wasn't going super well. Yeah, um, yeah. And that, like, that stretched through all three days. Um, and then the other problem they had is rather than doing bag checks to come into the building, they were doing bag checks whenever you tried to enter the expo floor or where they had panels. So if you were trying to go from, like, the expo floor to a panel, you had to get a bag check, and then you had to get a bag check to go back in, which created, like, more lines once you were inside of the building. And frankly, like... If you're going to bring a weapon or something like that in, you can hurt just as many people on in in like the lobby area where there's hundreds and hundreds of people just kind of milling around eating and stuff like that. Yeah. So like that was also a bad just a bad set of planning. Like I know it sucks it's winter you don't want to do bag checks outside, but like do what you have to do to like make everything just smoother in the future. But otherwise like I said, it it was a good time. Like and I'm sure I might have a different opinion had I had to wait in those lines, but mm-hmm. at least in this case, like, everything that, that they had going on inside was cool, and, and I had fun. Well, that's good. Glad to yeah. hear it. It sounds like it was a good time. Uh, I, I I didn't even know about it until I saw you guys posting about it. Um, but yeah, it's good. I it mentioned good it to time. you a, a while ago, but it was like months ago. Yeah, um, I don't remember. Yeah, that, I mean, that sounds like you. But uh, yeah. how is State of Decay 2? So, State of Decay 2. That's a richie ass game. <laughs> That's exactly fucking what we said. Um, it is definitely something like I I started playing a little after seven o'clock yesterday, and uh, I pushed until about close to ten thirty. Uh, every time I was ready to stop, I was like, "No, let's do one more. <laughs> no, let's do one more." And I kept pushing forward and forward and forward more and more and more because like it's it is it's really it's interesting because they. It is a, um, there's a lot of survival and community building games like, uh, Surviving the Aftermath and, 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 um, maybe even you can kind of count like, uh, uh, what's that game that Eric likes? Um, Diablo? No. Uh, 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 shit. Um, Civ. Like, you can kind of count Civ in like similar to these games where it's like, you're trying to build a community, you're trying to build out an outpost or whatever, but you're also sending people out and doing stuff, and your objectives are survival or this or that or whatever. Um, this is, like, the only game, I guess, besides uh, State of Decay 1, the only game I can think of that brings that aspect of community building into, like, an actual playable thing and not just commanding units and they do it themselves. Which is a really cool concept to me because like I do have to worry about my base, but I'm not always going to be sitting there watching my base and I can't get to my base real fast. So like if I get a notification or whatever that my base might be under attack and I'm halfway across the map, well, I'm kind of just fucked. Um, and that every time the, the cool thing is every time you play, you can start on a new map and create communities across different maps that interact with each other. Oh, I didn't know they interacted. Oh, well, Actually, that I, makes I, sense. Yeah, uh, they, like so. I did start a second community. I cleared out a whole all the uh, play carts on one map, and 
you got I got a reward uh like usable call in thing for that. And then yeah. I had started a new map and I still had access to those rewards on the new uh group of survivors. Yeah, so and so I'm sure if you were to leave that map as the survivors of your new map and end up in the original map in the woods, you'd run into your outposts that are already set up. I think that's probably how it works. I'm not 100% sure. I've only put four hours into this game. Um, my only, one of my only complaints is the building and base building is so limited. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's not like, okay, I have the materials, I'm gonna build this. It's, you have this plot of space in your base, you can build something on it depending on the size of it. So if it's a large plot, you can build anything. If it's a small plot, you can only build small stuff. And each base at least needs, like, a a uh, medic area and beds. So if you only have four spaces available, you have to already take up two with those, no matter how many, no matter the base. So it's like, it's kind of very limiting on what you can do, but at the same time, it it works because you can then, like, I, my current base has a small farm, it has a workshop, an infirmary, and a, uh, and beds. So I can now get rid of one of my outposts that gives me food daily because I'm getting food daily from my farm and focus on getting outposts for ammo, building materials, or medical supplies, which I'm looking for an outpost for medical supplies because that's what I'm constantly struggling with. So it does have this really interesting, like, balance dynamic that you have to figure out what your what you can build and what your community needs to survive, mm-hmm. and, and what you have as resources around you. Okay, that yeah. seems neat-ish. Yeah, like not for me, but like I understand like the enjoyment of it. It is. It's also, in my opinion, a very good stream game. Like this is a game that I can see myself streaming a lot on because it's like. It's not super serious. There's not a lot of, like, dialogue or exposition. You can start multiple things, but everything's still connected. And, like, even if I had a lot of viewers, they could suggest to me where I go or what to do. Because it's all open. And there's yeah. no... There's nothing linear to it. It's just, hey, go do this. Sure, I got you. I'll go do it. Or if I miss a notification or something, hey, if so- if somebody's sitting there watching, like, you should probably do this because they're telling you to. Like, you know what? That is a good idea. Like... There's so much so open that it really it is a really good stream game. Um, that I'm probably gonna stick with it for a while, at least three months. Play it at least once a week for three months, uh, if not more often. Uh, the only thing I'm most scared about apparently the game continues while you're not on. Just maybe oh, a little so it's like bit. a live game. Well, so like if you leave, if you log off and one of your characters is injured or hurt or hurting. There's a chance they could die between the time that you log off and the time you log back. I don't know that that's true. Uh, no, I've been told that some uh, two characters are having a feud. Uh, somebody logged off. Two days later, they come back, and one of them had left. Um, I maybe, it, but like, I mean, you can like actively pause the game while you're playing. Like, it's not yeah, like the can, game always runs. Yeah, you can pause the game while playing, but like to give it a little bit more of a survival feel. There are some games that do that where like. Maybe 12 hours pass when you're not on or whatever. Like, X amount of time pass. It's possible. Yeah, I just, I'm trying to think in my game if, like, anything's happened in the days. Like, there was a few days I did not play, 
and I don't think anything happened. Is it possible that there's, like, a setting? That is possible. Like, one of those, like, oh, I want this to be a live game, I don't want it to be a live game things? Maybe maybe they were playing on a multiplayer setting, because I looked it up, and it says that, like, anytime you log out, Game World stops, but if you have a multiplayer online, then the Game World continues with or without you, but maybe they were playing in a multiplayer server. I don't know for sure, but I was told this is what happened, which is both interesting and not. Uh, like, I, 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 I like that concept if it's true, but I'm also not 100% into that if it's, if it is true. Like, it's a 50-50 for me. I mean, it certainly seems like that would be a fun option, like, but I don't think that is the default. Yeah. Um, and it does, it supports crossplay, so it's, it's, uh, on sale on Steam right now, so anybody who doesn't have it and doesn't have Game Pass, um, definitely go ahead and check it out. But I, I, graphically, it's not that impressive. The zombies seem interesting. I want to see more of them. Um, I mean, it's, it, I'm sure it's a fine graphical game for, I think it was like 2017 was its original release date. That sounds right. Uh, but like going into it right now, I'm just, I'm like, this is a little, this is a little rough. Yeah. Um, like it didn't, didn't really age all that well. Uh, but it's, it's fine. It's good enough. Like it's more the close up stuff. Everything else is fine. Like, the overworld is fine. It's just, like, some of the close-up things. And uh, driving is weird in that game. Um, Drew, and you were saying that mouse and keyboard, it, it's not too great. Um, it's not too great even with a uh, controller. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Like, like, I don't know if you were watching me play, or, like, if you were noticing it when I was playing yesterday, but I would reverse and turn the stick and like I'd tap the reverse button and let go and I'd get a full 180. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. just just mm-hmm. tap in the reverse button. Uh but then when you're holding the drive button, the car sounds like it's about to die while going over hills and stuff. <laughs> like it can go max speed backwards but going forwards it's like not good. And like it's just maybe crossing between Forza and this like I'm a little bit more strict on racing games because Forza is such a good racing experience. Um, but yeah, it's just, it feels a little weird, but I am, I am excited to play it. I'm going to play it again tonight. I stopped doing streams on Wednesdays because it's a little too much to do it after the podcast. But today, because, uh, I have off tomorrow and we we're recording early, I decided to do a stream tonight. Um, and I probably won't play it tomorrow, but I am also, and this is a little, tip for anyone who's listening i don't know what time this actually comes out i'm planning on maybe streaming like a morning breakfast stream from like nine to one just to see how that goes man that's breakfast and lunch there buddy i know i know but it's it'll be just be breakfast for me because i'm not going to eat before thanksgiving uh, and dinner is at three so man you got a pregame you got it you got it you got to stretch that stomach out a little bit so you have more room. <laughs> no no see that's the thing you stretch the stomach out a little bit to make the room and then you're eating way too much and like, or you could just eat like you normally eat, which is kind of how I normally eat breakfast and then nothing really much till lunch or dinner. You're ruining o'clock. Thanksgiving for everybody. Three o'clock is lunchtime for me. Okay. Three o'clock is lunch. Oh, so when you said you were just taking lunch today, that wasn't like an odd thing. That was your normal thing. Usually I do lunch around one to two o'clock, but uh, yeah, it was, it was later today than normal. Uh, and like, I'll probably eat between like. One and three, somewhere around. That's that's valid, I suppose. Yeah. Um. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about this Epic Games thing? Uh. So they purchased Harmonix. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, to do music for Fortnite. Yeah, that's the part I thought was actually really funny. 
Like, is is that really just to do music for Fortnite, or is, are they yep. going to be, like, doing music games and stuff again? So as of right now, they're going, nothing will change about their existing stuff, so they'll keep doing DLC for Rock Band. Um, uh, I can't think of the other game they have, Fluxer or something like that. Fuser. Um, Fuser. Fuser. That, right, right. That those servers will stay active, like, they're not getting rid of any of that stuff. Um, they have no plans to make any new instrument-based games. But their next, the next thing on their agenda is to work on rhythm music based stuff for Fortnite. Our the thing everyone Epic. wants. <laughs> our t- yeah, our team will work with Epic to create musical journeys and gameplay for Fortnite. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, I'll just say, Sean Appleton, let us know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's either that or I'll ask, uh, my friends son the next time i see him if, how it is because i well now that you're streaming why don't you dip in the fortnite fuck no yeah you want to get those viewers here's here's the thing i don't like shooting someone in a 50 foot tower arrive uh, pops out like i need some a little bit of realism in my shooters and the, the, the i don't like dice rolls behind my shots fired in a live game like that it's fine in something like fallout but not in something like uh um uh this this fucking game. and I can't even remember its name for a second uh fucking Fortnite, Fortnite. yeah I, it's it's I just I like if you like Fortnite that's fine no it's, it's not you don't like Fortnite Fortnite no, is no, bad it, no I'm gonna die on this hill Fortnite is a shit game it's no, not look, okay I, to like it <laughs> look I I look here's the thing I'm this is this is like how how the Brose podcast works and this is how we work. If you like Fortnite, just as much as if you like Superman 64, that's fine. That is your choice. I'm not going to yuck your yum. You can like it if you want, but you're wrong. And that's that simple. I don't disagree with that. Like, I'm not going to shit you for liking the game, but I'm going to shit on the game because it's a bad fucking game. I mean, like, have any of us ever played Fortnite? Like, I've never played Fortnite. I've played it. It is a bad game. It is a mechanically bad game. Okay, that's fair then. I've never played it. I've never really had any interest in playing it. Look, I have a personal vendetta against PUBG for personal reasons, but I've considered playing PUBG before I've considered playing... I'm pretty sure it's on Game Pass. It is. Is it on... Hmm, shit. Uh, PUBG, PUBG is on Game Pass. The PC, version, the PC version of PUBG is on ga- PC Game Pass? I'm actually yes. looking right now. Well, it's on... It, it, like Fortnite is, or not Fortnite? Uh, uh, PUBG is on PC Game Pass. I don't know if it's a PC version or what version is it. It is, but it is. Uh, um, PUBG is on Game Pass. Because I tried playing PUBG. I'm pretty sure PUBG was a PS Plus game at one point, recent in the last uh, year. I think you're right. I tried playing it on PS4. I did not like how that game played on console. Actually, it, it appears to no longer be part of Game Pass. It was at one point. It definitely was at one point. But yeah, it is it is no longer part of, at least not PC Game Pass. It might still be on console. But yeah, I just, I thought that was very, like, there's not a lot to talk about with the, the Epic Harmonix thing, but I just thought that was very funny that, like, yeah, you, you bought the, the company famous for making plastic instruments um, to not make plastic instruments and instead put rhythm games into Fortnite. Yeah. That, like, I feel like... So the demographic for Fortnite, pretty big. Like, the people kind of, like, all over the spectrum play and enjoy Fortnite. Uh-huh. But I feel like the, like, the core, like, the, the demographic they're aiming for is still sort of that, like, yo- it still skews younger. And I feel like that younger crowd, A, doesn't know what the fuck Rock Band is. 
nor do they want to play rock band. So, like, what rhythm game are they going to put into this that, like, a younger crowd is going to care about? Are yeah. they going to have, like, button presses to, to fucking floss from now on? Probably. Um, most, yeah, that, that's what it's going to be. Like, you, uh, you floss, you do your little taunts or whatever, and if you do it right, you get a boost, and so they have to do the, ri- they need a it's whole Q- new, it's a QTEs. whole, t- <laughs> yeah, it'll be a QTE to do your flossing, <laughs> and they need, because, uh, the creator of Fortnite is that bad, they need a whole studio just to do QTEs for flossing. I mean, I would argue that Epic Games is far from bad. Um, well, it's like, that's your that's your, no. I mean, yeah, Epic Games they, is far from bad. They but. literally make the engine that every major studio wants to use. Like yeah, even even the studios owned by the companies that make their own engines, those studios they'd rather use Unreal. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Frostbite. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but Rich, ha- how about the Arrowverse? The Arrowverse. Uh, I am fully, well, like I mentioned before, I am pretty much fully caught up, with the exception of Supergirl and Superman and Lois. Um, and so, so far of the 2020 seasons, I would honestly have to say that uh, um, it's hard to grade which one I liked the most and least. I, I actually, I, I give them a little bit more praise than you do. I, I enjoyed them a little bit more than you did, Cobb. Uh, I thought... Um, Flash was good. The only issue is it was too disconnected. It was three different stories in one. And now, so imagine watching that episodically. Which I can understand. Like, watching it from back to back to back, like, like, it it worked a little bit more, so I can understand the episodic, like, disinterest and, and losing it a little bit. Um, and that's kind of how all of the last season, all of the 2020 seasons were. Were multiple storylines all in one season that didn't really they for instance with flash they could have done the forces in a full season or the full 17 season span 18 episode span minus the three to wrap up season the season before so let's go with a 15 season span should have been all just the forces and they should have finished dealing with the forces on the last episode to start with the um the civil war in the 2021 season that just started yeah, so I have not started the new season for anything except for I watched the first episode of Batwoman and um, mm-hmm. Legends. But I know, um, so keep in mind, too, you, you keep calling these the 2020 season. All of these actually ran in 2021 for the most part um, because of the pandemic. Um, they were all uh, super was, delayed. And Well, like, yeah, it was, they were supposed to be the 2020 season, but it was all, like, it was delayed it was late 2020 when they came out no they all started coming out in like january of 2021 that's what i mean like the, like these were super delayed which i think hurt it a little bit too because the flash for instance the the flash didn't get a proper season finale in 2020 because of the pandemic they had to shut down early so like it ended without them being able to wrap up most of their storylines which yeah. is why those storylines were then wrapped up at the like in the first like mirror master stuff that was like the first half of this season they stretched was, out over multiple episodes that would yeah. have actually been contained into the last two episodes had they been able yeah. to finish the previous it was, season. It was four episodes dealt with Mirror Master, and then they had ten episodes dealing with the fa- the forces. No, not even ten. They had like eight episodes dealing with the forces. And then the last five or so was just like one-offs uh, where like Cisco was leaving, or um, the, the, the Civil War with um godspeed 
But, like, this Godspeed Civil War was only four episodes long and felt kind of rushed and disjointed. And, like, I don't know. I They, they could have done a little bit better with that. Uh, also, just throwing it out there that Jay Garrick has still a speedster in this universe uh, is strange. But, okay, that's fine. No, you know what's um, even stranger? Jay is also in the um um the Stargirl universe. As Jay? As, like, Flash As Jay, the Flash, or? yeah. I mean... That's, yeah, sure, like, that, I mean, that's fine to have them in both universes, like, because at the end of Crisis, Jay Garrick was on Earth Prime, or Earth One, like, uh, charging the, the anti, uh, what was it, the anti-antimatter, uh, thing, like, force field or whatever. Yeah, and Frank, like, they did exactly what DC did with the comics with, with Crisis on Infinite Earths, like, they took all of their characters that were theoretically spread out onto different Earths. And yeah. put them on the same one. Like, in comics, Jay Garrick and um Alan Scott, the original Flash and Green Lantern, were part of Earth 2. Yeah. And after cri- the original Crisis, they became part of Earth 1, and are s- it, now they are back being part of Earth 1 again in, in the comics. But, like, there was, like, a 10-year gap where they weren't. But that's beside yeah. the point. Yeah. Um. So, like, they're doing exactly what they did in the comics. And I just think it's funny that, like, they, they are also using him for flashbacks in Stargirl. So... <laughs> Stargirl's a very weird show because it's it's set in modern times, but then they do these flashbacks that make it seem like um the original Justice Society was like a hundred years ago. But like yeah. these people are only like ten maybe ten years older. Yeah. So Yeah, it, it was it's at least like fifteen or something like that. Because that's or she's like seventeen and that and she's the She is nobody's of... actual daughter. Really? So she is Luke Wilson's stepdaughter in the show. Luke Wilson was a sidekick to the original Starman, who is presumed dead in the series. And I thought um, Starman, I like Luke Wilson, married Starman's wife. And no, I thought I thought that's what. It was. No, no. So that that's what Star Girl thinks that her dad must have been Starman too, because her dad is like out of the picture. But finds out that like that is not the case, yeah. and it's just this. So like they don't have powers. Um, her power comes from her staff. Yeah. And the staff basically chose her. Yeah. It's it's basically the the wand chooses the wizard, Harry. Yeah, I I watched a couple episodes of that, and I'm not too focused and dedicated to, to watching all of that because it is not technically in the Arrowverse because it's Earth, I guess Beta because I, they're going like prime. I think this one is now Earth Two. Yeah, this is the new Earth Two or whatever. Because I know like the Earth that we're on in in like the current like. In the Flashverse now, because it's no longer Arrow, because he's done, um, that's now called Earth Prime, so I don't know if they're going to still call the others Earth 2, 3, blah, blah, blah. But I'm not too focused on watching that, at least not until it might cross over, if they ever do another multiversal thing, which they're probably not going to. Honestly, um, it it's actually, it, it's it's not I, a bad show. Like, yeah, the first I'll, season was rough. Um, I'm like three quarters of the way through the second season. It's it's not bad. Like if you need something to just kind of watch in the background, it's definitely worth throwing yeah. on. It's it's it is. I was interested in the first season. But it's just there's other stuff I need to watch right now. Now that I've caught up, um, but the 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 legend season was was good. It was good. I liked um like the the fact that like pretty much every episode was kind of a monster of the week procedural type of thing until the last couple. Um, when you found out like what Bishop was actually doing, um. Uh, and and like yeah and and then what's the what's the other oh super or batwoman batwoman was really good it was yeah. probably the better of the three so far 
No, I agree with that. Out of those three, Batwoman was definitely better. Like, I'm not gonna, like, you, you, you turned around and said that Flash was meh. I thought Flash was good, and I thought, I probably more so thought that, like, Legends was meh because it was more procedural and Monster of the Week type of stuff. So, I think they were both pretty meh, but also, like, I was watching them way more episodically. Like, I wasn't watching them every week, but I also wasn't, I didn't watch them all after the the full seasons had finished. So, like you said, like, with the Flash, the way it was broken up and, like, the little arcs were just, the the length of the arcs didn't make sense. And, like, Mm -hmm. while, like, the concepts were good because of the lengths of them, there was either too much or too little going on with, like, the things they were trying to do. And the same thing with with Legends. Like, I didn't dislike the Monster of the Week, but I just didn't find myself interested in any of it either. Like, some of the episodes were good. Like, the, the one with Astra where she was trying to learn magic and turned everybody into, like inanimate objects like i thought that one was 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 fun but yeah. like i hated the character exits i didn't like how mick ex- exited and i didn't like how um john exited not because they exited just be like how they handled those two characters especially uh, mick because like that whole season it, it was basically showing that like he was the like he was the heart of the team he was the only one like ready to actually go save sarah mm-hmm. um and then like it comes down to it and it's just like like the the finale is just like yeah, I'm just gonna go. Like, I'm yeah, gonna go race I, these these alien Mick, kids. Mick, bye. Mick was bad. Um, John, John's leaving was. All right, I'm gonna tell you something right now. It was not needed for for John to leave. Matt Ryan is a character in this season that you have not seen yet. No, I know he he is a different character now. That that was announced before he they even okay. left. Like they announced that John Constantine was leaving, but that they were writing a new character for like, for Matt Ryan to play. Which is is stupid. Like I'm so, I, like I'm not sorry. It's just come on. If you're going to write out a character, but have a continuing contract with that actor, don't write out the character. Keep them in that character. Exactly. Especially when it's a character like fucking John Constantine, and they could do so much with his new storyline of like him back out from hell and and like a new demon has his soul and everything. Like he could do so much being on the the legends. Uh, uh, like have him a recurring character at least don't just be like oh matt ryan's now somebody fucking else yeah it's just it was it was weak writing like it was to me that him leaving was fine the way he left if they hadn't brought matt ryan back yeah like and i think that's kind of what did it it's like it it was such a shitty way to exit the character knowing that the actor wasn't going anywhere because at least Mm -hmm. like when they did it with um oh fuck what was her name Amaya what uh, was that yeah. um you know who I'm talking about um she 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 was um I can't remember either of her character names um uh, she was she was the shape shifting de- demon the last like two seasons that was well, yeah. stuck in, in that character's form but she was um she was vixen before that yeah yeah um like hers made sense she was she was out of time like like literally like she was from a different time period and she had to go back to that time period for her for her like family line to continue because like there was a modern day vixen that was her granddaughter or great granddaughter like hers made sense and then how they brought her back that actress back in charlie that was the the other character's name yeah yeah. Um, how they brought her back in also made sense with she was a shapeshifter that could like read minds and saw that 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 face in one of their heads and tried to fuck with them with it and then john cast a curse so that they couldn't change anymore like Mm -hmm. that worked and like i get that but yeah it's just that 
the the John exit on this one just felt kind of like half-assed. It's like, yeah, we just don't yeah. want to write John Constantine anymore right now, so we're just going to like have him just be like, yeah, I don't fit in with y'all a lot, so I'm just going to go do this other thing. That's a yeah. really bad British accent. I apologize. I, I mean, it was it was a terrible one, especially when you're trying to be John Constantine. Um, but yeah, but yeah, overall they were fun. They were good, but like to me, Legends was the weakest. Um, and this current season, um, I'm. I'm kind of over their current storyline with Legends, uh, or at least the storyline that they were doing the first s- six episodes. Like, I'm glad that was finally over, but I'm still like, I'm not a hundred percent into the storyline right now, even after this most recent episode. Um, and it's kind of the same way. Like, Batwoman didn't start to get good, in my opinion, until this most recent episode for this season. Um, and you'll just just wait to like. They they tackle some some good like top like subjects in this season so far, but when it comes to um when it comes to like the overall story, it was kind of weak up until this most recent episode, which to me kind of blew it out the water a little bit more. Okay, um, I I am curious to see what you think of uh, Superman and Lois because I think that was actually the strongest show last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it was also the first season, and so I, I'm curious to see what you think yeah. of it when you get to it. I am uh, I'm taking a break from watching the CW shows um, because I watched a bunch of them all so rapidly. I'm behind on podcasts and stuff because of it. That uh, it, I mean, I've still got five. I've still got till January, and then five weeks post their first episode before I absolutely have to watch it, uh, or and before I lose an episode and not be able to catch up uh, or watch week to week. So I will probably watch it soon. Um, I plan on watching Arcane this weekend and maybe um the uh the live action um Cowboy Bebop. One or both of those this weekend. I haven't decided which one I'm gonna watch, but I'm gonna watch one or both of them. Don't forget Hawkeye started today. It did. Uh I'll watch that uh lunchtime on Friday. There was something else that just Oh no, you, never mind. That that is not a thing that you would that you watch. Um but yeah, yeah, Hawkeye, I think the first two episodes came out today. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been seeing a lot of people saying that it's a really good couple of episodes. Um, so I might, depending on what time I stop stream, I might try to watch one tonight and one in the morning before I stream again. I haven't fully decided yet, but, um, I don't think my dad will have time to watch it before Thanksgiving, so I know we won't be talking to during Thanksgiving, so probably wait until lunchtime on Monday, or Friday, to watch it, since there's no critical role this week. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I, uh, I finally finished up, uh, the Gundam Seed. Nice. Um, just Seed, not Seed Destiny. That's next. Though I'm I'm a little perturbed. Um, so they did they did remasters of Seed and Seed Destiny a few years ago. Like redid the voice acting, like HD remaster, all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, only Gundam Seed is available to stream anywhere. That sucks. Seed uh, stream in English. Seed Destiny you can only find in like subtitled, and they don't sell the Blu-rays anymore. Like the only Blu-ray sets I could find were four hundred fucking dollars. Damn. Because I guess they're out of print and they just don't make them anymore. Yeah. So, like, I'm in the position now, it's like, I'm either going to have to deal with it being subtitled, which I just, I didn't like Gundam Seed Destiny enough that when I originally watched it 20 years ago, that I necessarily want to watch it subtitled where I, I actually have to pay attention to it. So it's either that or, I or, or like, download it illegally because there's no other way to fucking get it in English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but Gundam Seed was, it was better than I remembered it being. Like, I watched... I watched Seed shortly after it originally came out when you basically had to download all your anime illegally because it just didn't fucking release over here. 
Um, <laughs> and it's definitely, it's, it's way more anime than Gundam tends to be. Like, it's, it's got a lot of just normal anime tropes uh, in it. Um, and it's, it's kind of a retelling of, not a retelling, but like a, a re, remake's not the right word e- either. A reimagining of the original Gundam. Like, it's a teenager, ends up getting in the suit when, like, the col- space colony he lives in attacks. It's a war between two different, like, organizations. One of them is the people that live mostly in space. The other one is the people that live mostly on the Earth. Um, they have a big base that kind of looks like a horse and is white. Um, and even, the, like, the, the main Gundam in it um, is... Obviously, like, in every series, the main Gundam tends to look close to original Gundam, and that's the case in this one, too. But in this one, there are actually, there are really two main characters that pilot Gundams, so that does make it, you know, gives it a little bit of a different edge, and they're, like, long-lost best friends. Like, they were friends, like, childhood best friends, and then they kind of had to move apart, and they don't meet up again until they're on opposing sides of this war. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like... It w- it was an interesting thing once, like, the first, like, 15 episodes were were rough to get through, but, like, once it kind of, like, gets into the plot and things are really moving, like, it, it gets much more interesting and there's there's more interesting character dynamics going on. Um, the one thing I, I thought was amusing is in all of the intros and closings, there are two characters that are in all of them, and um, they're usually also in, like, the the intermission stuff between, like, on the, on either side of commercials. And it's two of the female characters that the first one, she's in the very first episode and then doesn't show up again until like episode 15. And then the other one is only in like three episodes before the last 10. But like both of them are in every opening sequence as like a main character. And it's very weird because it's like, okay, cool. So this character is going to be around again. They just haven't been around yet. And then it's like, oh, the last like 10 episodes they show back up. That makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise it's it's very much it's it's got the same like war is bad thing going on. Um your main character is what they call a coordinator, where he is like a genetically modified human being, so like they tend to be like smarter and better at things and they can figure things out faster and do things a little bit like more skillfully. And he falls in with the Earth forces, which are just your naturals, like the people that aren't modified in any way, as they're in a war against all these other coordinators. Um, and he falls in with them basically to protect his friends who end up like as refugees on this ship as their space colony is attacked. Um, because he is the only person on the earth side that is capable of piloting the mobile suit, um, because it was basically made to be piloted by a coordinator. So he actually like in the first episode, he reprograms the mobile suit like on the fly because it was done so poorly by whoever originally did it. Um, which was like a, a, a normal person did it, but they did a bad job. Um, and then later in the series, he actually helps, like, a, like, a, a separate faction who is neutral in it develop a, an OS for these suits that anybody could pilot if they know how to pilot these things, which then makes it more of a, like, you know, giving guns to the gunless sort of thing. Um, but by, by the end of it, it becomes this weird situation where the people that were on opposing sides, but not, but like, shouldn't have necessarily been realized that they've all been getting fucked around this whole time by the people in charge of their sides and actually end up like joining forces which is kind of neat like you don't have that like big climactic battle where like the 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 main character had to like kill his best friend like 
they have those battles, they almost do those things, but eventually they do figure out it's like, oh, we both w- act legitimately want the same thing. We just want this war to finish. Neither side actually wants this war to finish, though. They just want to keep escalating it. Um, so let's just finish it our fucking selves. Like, we've got the most powerful suits. Like, we can just stop them. And that's kind of like what they do. They just, they, they use the more powerful suits because they have all of them at that point and stop everything. So. Yeah. That's interesting. That's neat. I, yeah. I love Gundam. Yeah. I mean, Gundam Seed is a good, like, anime Gundam, I feel. Like, it's got its heaviness and its drama, but it also has just a lot of just, like I said, like, uh, it has more of an anime feel than a lot of other Gundam shows I've seen do. Not as much as, like, G Gundam, which is just, like, a fucking shonen fighting competition, but st- it still has, like, some of that stuff. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm interested to watch Dest- see Destiny again just to see if, like, my opinion on it 20 years later is different than it was originally. Just because I, I do like Seed more than I did originally. Yeah. But, but we will see. I guess it'll kind of depend if I have to watch it subtitled or if I end up finding it some other way. Um, I'm sure you'll be able to find it dubbed somewhere. I know. I've just gotten to the point now where, like, I'm, I'm, I don't want to have to illegally download it. But no, I'm, I, I also I absolutely refuse to spend that much money on Blu-rays just because Funimation or whoever owns the rights doesn't want to print the discs anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not going to print the discs. You did the work. You obviously own the rights to the voiceover. If you dubbed it, fucking stream it. Like, put it, you have a streaming platform, put it on your streaming platform. Or sell it on Amazon. Sell it digitally on Amazon. Right. Like, you sell your other Blu-rays there. Like, just sell it digitally. Like, it's a win-win for everybody. You'll make money off of it. And I don't have to try, like, pay some outrageously up-priced third party for Blu-rays. Yeah. But, who knows? I might, I might jump around a little bit and like maybe watch some of the, um, like some of the movies or the, um, like the shorter OVA stuff, like 0083 or 0080 or, you know, maybe I'll watch that weird live action movie that happened in between, um, Turner Gundam and Gundam Seed. But yeah, you know, that's, so that's three Gundam series down, um, like 30 more to go. <laughs> nice. Nice. You're almost there. Just that like I'm, I was almost, at this point, I was almost there with Godzilla after seven weeks left. Yeah. I mean, look, I'll, I will just keep getting closer to it. And at, at some point, once I get to, once I get to a point where I just want to watch, um, the UC stuff, it, it, I feel like it's going to go a little bit more streamlined because I know almost all of that stuff is available on streaming platforms in English. So I can just kind of like throw it on while I'm working and just have it playing. Um, cause I have seen a lot of those already. Like, I've seen the original Gundam. I've seen half of Zeta Gundam. I've seen 8th MS Team. So, like, I don't have to pay, like, all of the attention. Like, cause, like, some of that stuff is still there in my brain. I just need to, need a refresher on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, have you, did you guys see the little, um, old man rant that Ridley Scott had? I did not. Let's, let's just, let's just bring him back to his, retirement home and and let him rest that's what he needs he just needs some rest okay so so i do not have a a, um i don't have like the quote in front of me like 100 percent. but the gist of it is his new movie uh the last duel not doing great in the box office no one's going to fucking see it did you guys know ridley scott had a new movie called the last duel no (laughs) um so it was the screenplay includes names such as ben affleck and matt damon and and Adam Driver and uh, hold on I had it open so so Adam um, Adam Driver Matt Damon star in it 
but I meant um, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon helped write the script for it. Oh, oh, writing. Sorry, I wasn't paying full attention because I was trying to find the actual uh, quote. But go ahead. But so, yeah, it's not doing well. So Ridley Scott, in some interview, blamed it on millennials. Yeah. Um, he basically, like, the gist of it is he said that it's it's millennials' fault because we were raised on these cell phones, these cell phones, if I remember correctly how it was worded, and if it's not on the cell phones, we don't care about it. All right, so he was on uh, WTF, Mark Maron's podcast. Uh, this is according to The Hollywood Reporter, and he says to Maron um, that uh, Disney acquired Fox Studios would undersell the graphic film. He was concerned that Fox would undersell the film uh, because Disney owned it, but then turns around and said Disney did a fantastic promotion job. Did they? I saw a trailer for this, I think, in front of Shang-Chi. This, th- I don't even remember seeing a trailer in front of Shang-Chi. This is literally the first time I heard about this movie that came out in October 15th, right this week. Because he's complaining that we haven't seen it because it's not on in, 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 in our, in, on our phones. Um, and then he continues to say the boss loved the movie. I was concerned it was not for them. Um, and then, yeah, I think it would have boiled us down to is what we've got today. Uh, the audience who are brought up on these fucking cell phones, the millennial, the millennium, do not ever want to be taught anything unless you're told, told it on, on a cell phone. Uh, this is broad stroke, but I think we're dealing with it right now with Facebook. Uh, this is a misdirection that has happened where it's given the wrong kind of confidence in, a, uh, uh, to this latest generation, I think. It's okay, also, grandpa. You don't yeah. understand. What the fuck are we going to learn from a movie starring fucking Matt Damon? <laughs> hold, 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 on, hold on. And that's a joke. Like, I, I actually like Matt Damon. What, what are we going to learn from a movie that stars Matt Damon, which is an adaptation of a book from 2015? And, I mean, it is based on historical events. Yeah. But, like, cool. Like, the movie didn't look good. It's also coming out during a fucking pandemic where, like, people still aren't going to the movies unless it's, like, a big like theater draw i i can't even agree with one of the things you said in that statement it didn't look good because i've never seen a fucking trailer for it like if if you're so concerned that we're all in our cell phones and that we're not seeing this movie because it's not on my cell phone where's your fucking trailer why did i not see a trailer for it on anything that i watch well and here's the other problem i don't i don't get commercials like i pay for um hulu without ads and we really don't watch live TV like we watch everything on DVR. So I fucking fast forward through all the commercials. Yeah. I don't see, I don't see trailers on the TV. If it's not, if the marketing isn't online where like it would pop up somewhere or in front of an actual fucking movie, I'm not seeing yeah. it. And yeah. like, that's not, that's nobody's fault, but like marketing yeah. companies. And, and, and like, I, the last movie I saw was Shang-Chi. I believe the last movie I saw in theaters was Shang-Chi. And the, I've, I have I didn't see a trailer for it. I didn't see IGN share a trailer about it when it was coming out. I didn't, like, you'd think, although this is a historical, uh, 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 like, true story, this this kind of seems like some, like a, something that movie people would share about. And IGN is full of some movie people. Like, they would have shared something about it. Or some of those sites. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it got no, you say it got great press. But as far as I can tell, in the media age, we're all on our cell phones, and when we all have subscriptions to not see trailers, I didn't see a fucking thing about this movie. And I think that's the thing. If it got great press, then we would have seen it, because, like, 
I yeah. read a lot of websites. Like I yeah. read, I read about things on websites. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts that talk about these things. Nobody was talking about this movie. I, I saw a trailer. I believe it was in front of Shang-Chi. Might not have been. May have been in front of something else. I honestly don't remember. I did see a trailer. Didn't think it looked interesting. Like I had that like moment of like, oh, it's got Matt Damon and Adam Driver. And then I'm like, oh, this looks fucking boring. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like Ridley Scott has made two movies I like, I think. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually going back to look at his filmography just to see if there's anything else. Alien and Blade Runner. Those were the two I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, I, people love Gladiator. Never saw it. Um, actually, Matchstick Men was pretty good. Um, Robin Hood was fucking garbage. Oh, maybe why people didn't go see it because the last time he did this weird period piece based in like a similar setting, it was fucking hot garbage. Um, Prometheus was bad. Actually, the, the Martian was all right. I I didn't hate that. The book was better. Um, never saw Alien Covenant. House of Gucci looks like it could be all right. The dude really likes uh, Adam Driver, I guess, because that's <laughs> that's two back to back movies with Adam Driver. Like here's here's also like I watch Hot Ones. Everyone watches Hot Ones. I've never heard of Hot Ones. How have you never heard of Hot One? The show where people eat wings and get interviewed? Yeah. I've never heard of that. I I, I know Hot Pepper Gaming. Hot Ones is I, actually really good. Like, the interviews one, yeah. are usually actually pretty they, good interviews. So, Plus, then it's funny, them eating the wings. Yeah. I believe you. I've never heard of this. They've had, It's a weekly show. They're on season 16 because they break it up to two seasons a year. And for season 16, which started September 26, Jimmy Kimmel, Derek Lewis, John Bernthal... Uh, MTS and CL, who I don't know who, the, I can't remember who those two are. Mila Kunis, and then here we go. Here's Disney with their great advertising. Selma Hayek from The Eternals and Jeremy Renner from fucking Hawkeye. Because those are the things that are going to make them money, not their weird little, uh, cause, so who actually is put, so I realize like Disney is putting it out, but like who is actually, like what imprint of, okay, so it, it's a, the 20th century studios. So I wonder if this was in production as a Fox thing and Disney was just like, eh, all right. That's what the interview made it seem like. Yeah, that's what it looks like on on just like production timeline, too. This definitely started as a Fox product and Disney just inherited it. Mm -hmm. And and here's here's one more thing, which I have to rewatch because I can't remember. Matt Damon was on it in August 5th, and I don't remember if he was promoting the movie at that point or not. That's how non-memorable this movie was. I feel like Matt Damon has had other stuff recently, too. I might be wrong, but I feel like he's had other stuff. I'm I'm looking at his filmography right now. Uh, 2021. Uh, yeah, so he had the movie No Sudden Move, um, Stillwater, and The Stillwater. Last Duel come out this year. Yeah, so he was on August 5th, 2021, which according to the wiki, the uh, the movie released in the Venice uh, Film Festival September 10th. So they filmed this probably while he was still doing some sort of press for this movie. And I don't think he mentioned it at all. Yeah, because so both of his movies, Stillwater and No Sudden Moves, came out in July in the United States. So that those two would line up perfectly for him to be on on this mm-hmm. this interview thing. Yeah, and probably yeah. probably didn't talk about the last duel because he had two other movies that had literally just come out. Yeah, and this thing was for it was uh, Stillwater, which is uh, which he what he was promoting on this. Um, but yeah, Matt Damon was on Hot Ones, like. I'm, I, Cobb, you're like an anomaly and the only person I've ever heard of who hasn't heard of it hot ones. I don't but watch like YouTube. That, like, I'm not, I, yeah. I'm not 12. I, I literally don't watch YouTube at all. 
But like that is such a big show that if you want if if you really want to get good press, get an actor on there. I'm sure Adam Driver would be great on Hot Ones. I believe Ben Affleck was on Hot Ones once. Probably. I mean, from the sound of it, like you're probably right. Like, and I'm sure if I actually went onto YouTube and like searched for stuff, it would happen. But like my YouTubing is basically like clicking on my subscription tab. And then swiping over to the channel I want to watch a thing for and clicking on that. So, like, if I'm not subscribed to it already, I'll never fucking see it. Um, but it's just, like, it just, it, it makes me so mad that he wants to blame the millennials on their cell phones and not the fact that you, uh, probably made a bad movie, uh, that we're in the middle, still in the middle of a pandemic, and that maybe the people who would want to go see your movie your target audience are the morons who aren't going to get vaccinated and therefore in a good portion of the country, <laughs> I believe, can't actually go to a fucking movie theater. Yeah. Maybe, like, maybe it's that. And let's be real, like, he hasn't, so his last decent movie that he directed was The Martian in 2015. He then did Alien Covenant, which I don't remember people liking very much. I know people were, were lukewarm on Prometheus. I hated Prometheus. Never even bothered watching Alien Covenant. Yeah. Um. I've never heard of all the money in a, in the world that he did be- after that in 2017. But like before that, he did Exodus: Gods and Monsters, which was a fucking garbage movie. Oh God. <laughs> um. The Counselor, which I've never heard of. Prometheus, the garbage fucking Robin Hood movie with Russell Crowe. I didn't think that was garbage. I thought that was good. I I yeah. I feel like the general reaction on that is it was super shit. Like, I think his last legitimately, like, universally praised movie was American Gangster in 2007. I never saw it, but I think that was, like, his last, like, everyone that likes those sort of movies liked that movie. I mean, everything else he did is sort of like, eh. The Martian was pretty highly regarded, but. It was. Like, The Martian was, like, one of the best movies of that year. Oh, I'm sorry, I meant since The Martian. So, like, he yeah. went from 2007 uh, okay. to 2015 with a whole lot of mediocre to bad movies, mm-hmm. then had The Martian, and then had more mediocre to bad movies. And, and Robin Hood was mediocre to bad. 6.6 IMDb, 43 on Rotten Tomatoes. And oh, 43 Letterboxd. is terrible. <laughs> I, I, look, I I hate that a 43 is terrible. I, I say 43 should be considered mediocre because that's halfway, but that's your choice. That's your... Like a six point six out of ten. That's halfway. That's mediocre. Like it's it, below fifty percent on the rotten meter, rotten tomatoes scale. It's rotten. I know that, but the Wait, idea of being Sorry, below ahead. the idea of being below fifty percent means it's bad and not mediocre because fifty percent is halfway. So you halfway got there, but not all the way. You still be, like that's that's uh, 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 American grading system issues right there. Like, yeah, I mean, if you get a fifty on a test, you failed. <laughs> not in, only in America. No, I know. I'm just saying. And that's, get a fifty that's on a test, prob- you failed. That's and that's the problem with that. Like, there's you still got half of it right. Like, but half isn't good you, enough. That's and and that's that's American grading problems. Um, I I mean I don't necessarily agree with that. That that's an American grading problem. I feel like. Half is not good. <laughs> half is not no. I'm. Uh, you're right. Half is not good. But half isn't. You know nothing. Half is. You need to do work. Half should not be a failure. Half should not be. It is the worst thing ever. There should not be from one to fifty. You suck, and you're not going to pass. And then 
from 60 to 70, or from 50, 1 to 60, actually, that's American grading scale, 1 to 60, you suck and will not pass, but then 60 to 100, you're gonna pass, but 60 to 70, you're doing okay, but you really need to do work, like, that, that is, that is it's, it's, it's a issue in American grading system that I've always had a big fucking problem with. Why is there such a large area of you fucking fail? When you still know half or a little bit more than half of what you were supposed to know. Well, you spend eight hours a day at that place. You should know more than half of it. You spend eight hours a day at that place learning eight different fucking subjects. Maybe you just need to, you just need to learn better. You need to get good, man. Look, it, it, it's, it's a legitimate argument that some people just I don't, don't test. I don't, I don't disagree with you. Like, hundred point scales are stupid. We should, no one it should is. use a hundred point scale. No. Five points. That's all you need. You need five. Yeah. One and- through five. A, th- a three is mediocre. Anything below a three is bad. Anything above a three is fine. Exactly. But I mean, to that point, like anything below a fifty is bad. Uh, out of a hundred, like you just extrapolate, like it's. I... But when you have a hundred points, there's so much more nuance to it. Sure. Because, like, why is a uh, like like Richie said, why is that ten points between a fifty and a sixty make that big of a difference when it comes to grading something? Whereas, like. What like three to four when you only go up to five? It's like okay, no, that that's that, that's a legitimate thing. And like, unfortunately, like that argument can be made for any sort of ranking system. Like whether yeah, you do full absolutely. points, half points, um, like, like, like a like, hundred point, twenty point, whatever. But like Rotten Tomatoes is a forty three percent, so anything under fifty is bad. But that's only seven points under fifty. Like it's mediocre. But but because if, fifty is mediocre, yeah. So why is 50 mediocre, but 7 points under 50 bad? Why isn't, like, 40 to 60 mediocre? Well, all right. Because, you know, there's, like, it's, if you break it down in the 5-point scale, 1 to 20, 21 to 40, 41 to 60, 61 to 80, 81 to 100. 5-point scale, 41 to 60, mediocre. Well, I mean, yeah. And, like, to be fair, if you actually go look at, like, like IGN or GameSpot or any of them, um, a five. Like, so I'm, I'm literally looking at, at GameSpot's review scale. They, they do one to 10. They don't do half points anymore. Five is mediocre. That's what they, that's what they call five. So it's, it's 10 is essential. Nine is super, is superb. Eight is great. Seven is good. Six is fair. Five is mediocre. Four is poor. Three is bad. Two is terrible. One is, is abysmal. Most, most places that put scores on things, Middle of the road is considered mediocre. Why do you want to spend your money on mediocre? That's sort of the question. It's like, yeah, any anything below, anything a five or below, anything mediocre or worse is bad. It is basically the way that things get looked at. It's like I'm not going to spend money on something that's mediocre. I'm also not going to spend money on something that's abysmal. So like they kind of all get lumped together. Anything above that fifty though, and you're looking at it, it's like, well, like they think it's like fine, and like. Maybe I'll think it's, like, a little bit better than fine. Like, it's stupid. I don't disagree, but that's sort of the mentality. But, I like, when it, when it comes to me, midpoint grading, that, that's that's a do-your-own-research kind of thing. Like, is it is it bad because it's bad, or is it bad because people didn't like it? Kind but, of I mean, that's argument. the thing, too. But, like, it, that's ratings in general. Like, ratings yeah. are entirely subjective. They are and, not an objective thing. And like, reading like, reading any review that has a rating, that is you doing your research. Because, like, you can't research something to see if you're going to like it without just plopping down the money 
and seeing if you like it. And like that actually defeats the purpose of reviews. Now, if you're just going to one place reading one review, they give it a bad review and then you're like, well, fuck this thing. Then like, yes, that's different. Like I saw, I want to say it was IGN, um, reviewed Hawkeye as like a five. Like this, the whole mm-hmm. season, they gave it a five and they basically said like, it's fine, but it's not great. Whereas like three other outlets I saw, including GameSpot, gave it sevens or better. And basically, yeah. like, didn't have any of the problems with it that the person that reviewed it at, I think it was IGN had. I might be, like, swapping GameSpot and IGN. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, if I had just gone with that one review and said, oh, shit, so this is bad because of all these reasons they said and not seen anyone else's score, then it's like, okay, yeah, that's that's just me taking somebody else's opinion for it. But if I saw every site out there was giving it fives or worse, it's like, oh, that sucks. And... Had it been something that was like a movie that I was going to go pay money to see, maybe I wouldn't do that. But like, since I already have the subscription, like, there's no reason to not just watch it and see if it's any good. If yeah. the first two episodes are garbage, I'll just stop watching it. But yeah, but yeah, the the whole Ridley Scott thing, like, like his view on it when he just made a bad movie is just outrageously stupid. Like, yeah, it, it's it's, it, it's old man yelling at the sky. Yeah, he's he doesn't know how to make good movies anymore. I argue he really has never known how to make good movies. He's just gotten lucky a few times in 40 years. <laughs> I mean, I won't I won't counter-argue that. I There's only a handful of Ridley Scott movies I've actually seen, so I can't counter-argue that. Yeah. Uh, do you guys want to talk about the book? Uh, uh, fucking words. Do you guys want to talk about the book club? Yes. Let's do it. All right. So, we listened to the Giant Beast cast episodes 84, 134, and 136. Mm-hmm. Drew, you and I have both listened to these previously. Mm-hmm. Um, Rich, what did you think? I So, full disclosure about the first one, what was it, 83 or whatever? Uh-huh. 84. 84. Um, I uh, I was in the midst of texting Druton about D&D character ideas while I was listening <laughs> to it. And so I like I might not have focused too, too much on it. Wait, do you now have a D&D character called Hard Markinson? No. Oh God! All right, I'm naming that's, well, that's actually, my name for that character. Actually, that actually. works for one of those characters. Or, or, or we could be Lincoln Ghost and um, no and Christopher Ghost, Christopher Ghost, no, or no, Louis. Gr- I, Har- Wait, Louis Gridlock. That is also a, a stellar name. Gr- Gridlock doesn't really work in in D and D and fantasy. I do like Hard Markets. Hard like, Markets is a good name. That is a really good one. So, uh, we'll we'll, we'll tangent real quick. Um, Jurton was talking to me about our home campaign, uh, cause he's potentially going to be making a new character soon, as is a, a, a few of them. And, um, he, I, what were you saying initially? A fighter? Yeah. And so I started looking at fighters a little bit and looking at the new rule sets from Tasha's and I saw that they have a unarmed fighter, an unarmed fighting style where grappling, like you do damage if you have them grappled and stuff. And I immediately went, Druton, you need to make a professional wrestler using these skill sets. And it all works. And you know what? Hard Markinson, 100% is a good name for that sort of character. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So we at least have one of the character's names, because now the idea is... We're going to be a tag team. (laughs) We're going to be a tag team duo in the home game that we have with Eric. Yeah. When we eventually start new characters in that game. Nice. Um, Yeah. And it's... We've been... We were... So, like, during... While I was listening to it, I was also, like, workshopping that with Druton. So, like, I didn't, I wasn't, I was listening and I was paying attention. But when it comes to, like, actually doing reading while listening to podcast, 
it's one or the other. Yeah. Like, it's either one at 100% or the other at 100%. And so I was, like, really into making these characters. So I, like, I might have missed out on some of the jokes or some of the comedy. Like, I, I did still listen, and I did enjoy it. I, I, I'm not going to say it was bad, but it wasn't, like, I wasn't, like, rolling on the floor laughing or anything. So but I- it, it more so, it made me super interested in the game system. Yeah, so that that system was follow me or something like that. I I wrote it down. Um, let me open up my note real quick. Um, and I think a, a one sort of like handicap, I guess we could say you would have had. Um, it would follow, I believe, is what it was called. Um, one handicap that you would have had is this this game, just like the the ones after it, was a follow up to the first year they did it. So their first year in 2015, they played Fiasco. And they all used the same characters. Um, and the whole thing happened at LaGuardia Airport, where Lincoln Ghost and Hard Markinson were, if I remember correctly, trying to smuggle cocaine through the airport. Mm-hmm. And just yes. a bunch of other characters, like all the other characters were involved in it in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, so as they explained at the beginning of episode 84, in this game, it's, you know... Shortly thereafter, or maybe a year later, it seems like they, they didn't really have a definitive, like, um, set time for that one. But they're all kind of back in New York, and they've been hired or whatever to do a heist. And they're going to steal the original New Year's ball that apparently is encrusted with diamonds. And yeah. it's just, it, that whole system is, is basically like, it's, it's a system for telling a story in a cinematic scope, which I thought that was really cool because, there were no dice rolls. There was no real rule system. It was really just like, all right, do we think we did good? And everyone kind of like blind votes on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. like, if if everyone agrees that it that it went well, you you succeed. You move on to like your next scene. Yeah. I like I I really was like super into that like game system, and it's like made me think of like maybe we can do like bonus episodes of bonus action, like bonus action, bonus action. Where maybe we play that, or if, like, there's ever in it, like, we'd have to find the game system, I'd, one of us would have to read up on the rules and fully understand it, but, like, it really was a cool, neat system, where it's just, like, create a story, and let's see how it goes, based and, on yeah. how you explain it and what you feel about how things had happened. And Fiasco, the one they did the year before, was similar, like, there were, it was there was no dice to that mm-hmm. system either. Um, and so, part of the reason I, I picked 84 was to because 80, episode 84, the, the 2016 holidays show, sets up the 2017. Cause yeah. you had at the end of that one, um, uh, Dufresne has been resurrected as a cyborg. Yeah. In, in, in the final moments. So that sets up the, the next year where in 134, they are now in a post-apocalyptic, um, semi-near future where New York is now under rule. By cyborg Dufresne, mm-hmm. and they have to for these same guys have to stop him along with Dan Reichert, who didn't come up with a better name for himself, so just named himself <laughs> himself, and is basically playing himself. Yeah, yeah, I and and I I really liked that apocalypse system, or at least the way they ran it, because um, they kind of ran it as like a combination between how it originally was, or the the game they played before Fiasco, right, and and the Follow. game Follow. The game they played on eighty four, and then the system that they were playing on one thirty four and one thirty six, and they Which even is explained apocalypse that. world. Yeah, apocalypse, apocalypse world. Like they explained that a little bit at the end of one thirty six. Um, that he's like, this is like a truncated version because 
Like, it's more... It's more, uh, like, dice roll and experience-based type of game than, like, uh, Fallout was. Yeah, but Austin, um, modified things so that it would be easier for the guys who weren't familiar with those systems to, mm-hmm. to be able to kind of, like, go along with it. Like, yeah. and I don't know if you caught at the end of 136, um, uh, when they were kind of just, like, wrapping up, um, Dan was actually very kind of surprised to find out that, like, Austin was just kind of fucking making shit up as he went. Yeah. And, like, when they were <laughs> suggesting things, Austin was just coming up with responses on the fly. Mm-hmm. Like, he thought a lot of that stuff was, like, pre-planned or something. He had no idea that, like, when he wanted to go talk to the train snakes, Austin had to just fucking figure that shit out and what would happen based on what they were rolling <laughs> and what they were asking to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that was... that. That's, that shows a true... Uh, true capability of, capabilities of being able to improvise, um, and, like, is the truest form of being a DM of, like, well, let's just throw out everything I just wrote. Cause he even said, like, once you guys started focusing on the, um, the, the, the train, uh, train snakes, um, I, I just, I had nothing for that. So, I kinda just went with it and was glad we had to break it up because I needed to figure things out. And he, he, and, like, when they reintroduce themselves in 136, he's like, I threw away everything I wrote and just, I'm gonna just see what I can do to push the story forward with what you guys give me. Yeah, and so those two episodes came out a couple weeks apart. So yeah. 134 released um, between Christmas and New Year in 2016, or 2017. 2017, and, yeah. and then 136 came out a couple of weeks into January of 2018. Um, it was the CES week that it came out. So they filmed it within like two weeks of each other, mm-hmm. two or three weeks of each other. Um, so there was definitely like enough time in there for, for Austin to like come up with some ideas based on like how they were playing, which like yeah. definitely probably helped him out. I'm sure the same way it helps you out, like, like with bonus action or like any of your other games where like playing for a few hours and then coming back you know, a month later, you've had time to be like, all right, well, this is how these guys are playing. So let me try and like prepare things in this yeah. direction a little heavier because this seems to be where they're leaning. Oh, yeah, for sure. There have been sessions where we have ended, uh, that I sat there after the session, like not with bonus action yet, but with the home game, uh, where I sat there after the session and we all wrapped up and we're closed on roll 20 or we're home. And I sit down and I'm like, what the fuck are they doing next? Uh, and it's just cause where, where the session ended, it was just left open ended. So, I would have to, like, create my docs of, like, well, they if they go here, here's what could happen. If they go there, that's what could happen. If they go there. And, like, just kind of try to, uh, like, foresee every possible option but not flesh it out fully. Just have base ideas and then kind of just roll with it. So, like, I've, I, and I've, like, adapted my, my world building to work with the potential of them going somewhere that I wasn't expecting by having events certain like every basically every location in my world has some sort of running storyline in it that they could explore and investigate this way if they go somewhere i wasn't expecting it's like all right well there's this little stuff here i'll hint you towards that so we can do that so that i can prepare the next session for where you're actually going yeah which mm -hmm, like makes sense um Mm -hmm. and like so just it because you probably aren't aren't aware of this um austin who 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 is like DMing these for lack of a better word, because I know he wasn't necessarily a DM in any of them. Um, 
he he hosts another show called Friends at the Table where he does DM like in mm. or or whatever role that falls into for whatever game system they are playing in a given campaign. They uh, I don't know what they're doing for the new one, but I know in prior campaigns they mostly used Apocalypse World, but then also they would do different things depending on what exactly was going on because I think like the space combat he made or found a different system or bits and pieced together parts of other systems to work make that work okay um but on top of that he is also um working as a narrative world builder for a game studio who i have completely forgotten the name of and i'm trying to look it up now and i just realized his twitter has an underscore in it so let's try that again um so he is he is ip director at possibility space which is a, a game developer that was spun off um, from another bigger one. And, like, he is basically in charge of developing, like, worlds for different um, intellectual properties that they have. Um, so, like, that's kind of his bread and butter is, like, coming up with just, like, crazy bullshit, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, he does a really good job, in my opinion, in, in these episodes, like, working kind of, like, you know, it's it's short notice, for lack of a better term, because, like, they are kind of, like, it's not like like an ongoing campaign. It's it's essentially a one shot every time. Um, they usually try to use the same characters and kind of make it like a continuation up to a certain point. But also like different people come in and out of it. Like Dan wasn't on anything before that. I think this might have been his only one because I don't think he was on the the following year. I think Abby was on the next one, but Dan wasn't, if I remember correctly. Sounds right. And I know like Pat isn't on it. I think this past year. I forget when the when his last one was, but you know like. They, they kind of like come and go from there. So he's always kind of working with like a different amount of people, and they're always playing like a different, different rule set to like keep it fresh. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was, it was. They were, they were good. They, they were, they were entertaining. Um, like I said, there wasn't really any major points where I was like falling on the floor laughing, but it was like there were some times where I, I was like, like the, doing that, like in my head, inner monologue of like that's that's good, that's a good one, or that's that's funny type of stuff, like. Mm. It was, it was, yeah, I, these got me really interested in these game systems, which is, like, I want to explore, at least follow more. Not as much uh, Apocalypse World, but follow, I want to explore that a little bit more, and maybe try to do something with that at some point. Um, and as, as I, as we're talking about it, my head goes, maybe we can do a bonus action Brose crossover, where some of the guys from Brose, which we've already <laughs> got two of the guys from Brose, some of the guys from bonus action play follow and try to do a like a theatrical thing or something like that but I, i'd have to get the system and read it up and figure it out and everything yeah i mean it seems like they're not like super hard to figure out but like definitely like you, you definitely want to have at least a, a mild understanding before you like dive into them too hard yeah 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 uh but yeah that was it was it was it was it was an entertaining set of podcasts i i do like the names of the stats in apocalypse world Oh, like you're weird and stuff like that. Yeah, weird, weird, cool, hot. (laughs) Like, I'm I'm actually gonna make a hot roll. Yeah, I'm actually surprised Dan didn't lean harder into the cool roll stuff because that just like his entire (laughs) everything is all about cool guy stuff in movies, cool action guy stuff, and like that was basically the character he was playing. And like, I appreciate that. Like, he's just not great at the improv stuff and was not good at coming up with like funny one-liners and things because mm-hmm. like like dan can be incredibly funny but it's usually like something just over the top ridiculous that he says 
Yes. Like when it's when it's on the spot, like and he's trying to like come up with the cool thing to say, it it never seems to work out. No. It's like one of the funniest things is is the um the video from the Wii Mario Party where it's the um the the pump it up or the the shake up the soda can game. Uh-huh. And he's just sitting there and it just looks like he is just furiously masturbating the whole time. Yep. Because of the way you have to shake it and like the look on his face and how he's like leaned over and everything. Are you telling me when you play that game or when you played that game in the past, you didn't look like you were furiously masturbating? I've never played it, so I, I can't say yes or no. But there were three other people also doing it that did, while they looked fucking goofy, like, he looked like he was intense. Like, he looked like he was <laughs> he was there to get business done and move the fuck on. But, Drew, anything, um, to, to like, we both listened to him before, like, anything that, like, you caught this time that you want to call out or mention or whatnot uh, not that i can think of That's it's fair. all it's all great austin is a great storyteller they're all funny yeah i did really like when um when pat's character was at the empire state building and was talking to the um the ai like tour guide thing uh-huh and like austin's literally just reading a fucking wikipedia page <laughs> about the epic yeah. and like pat literally just goes oh Oh, well, that sounds like a Wikipedia entry, and it's, like, super useful, but... <laughs> and then, like, Austin's voice just gets higher and higher as as he's doing it to the point where he's like, and now I'm becoming Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, just stupid shit like that. The fact that, that he, he used that entire section to uh to pull Flitz back into it. Yeah. From the from the previous year. Yeah, they that, that stuff was fun. I, I, I do enjoy those. I... I mentioned it before, but I really do hope that they find a way to do something with uh, Nextlander and Austin for that. Like, assuming that Austin has, like, the bandwidth for it. I would not be shocked if he does. Well, like, he is still doing multiple podcasts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's why I'm, I'm wondering, like, if he has the bandwidth. Because, like, he has also, he is, he's been on um, Waypoint Radio a few times since leaving, too. Um, for just, like, small segments of, like, talking about, like, specific things. Mm-hmm. But, like, he also does a Clone Wars podcast that releases every other week, and um, he's wrapping up the Gundam podcast. Like, he's not going to be on the Gundam Seed part of it. Um, and then he also does Friends at the Table every week. So, like, the dude records a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm sure it would be a little weirder, like, timing might be weirder for that one because um, Brad being on the West Coast, like, That's who true. knows when they were recording that stuff, but, like, fitting in a guy on the West Coast just might make it a little more complicated. But either way, I, d- I do hope they do something something this year. Um, when- Rich, it, if you if you're interested in seeing like how it started or where it went, um, let me know. I can always send you the links to the to the other ones because they're hard to find if you don't know what to look for. But because I have I'm subscribed to the Beastcast feed still, um, it's pretty easy to just look at every 52 episodes because yeah, yeah. True. it's basically like once you find the first one. It's every 52 weeks because they never missed a week. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Um, when you were talking about the Wikipedia stuff with the, 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 the computer in the Empire State Building, it made me think of um, Geek and Sundry had a show. It was uh, Where Alive the Frontier. It was, they were playing the Outbreak Undead game system, and it was in modern, it not modern day, but it was in the United States. It was lo- It was situated in the United States. And so there was, at one point, I think they were raiding, like, a city. And so they were just using a Google Maps uh, display to explain, like, like here's how the city looks, or here's how it looks on Google Maps, but... And then he explains, like, what's different. Because I think they were, like, attacking a prison or something. And so they were just using Google Maps to show the prison. 
I was like, that's that's cool. That's dumb, but that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that is both dumb and cool. Um, <laughs> so I guess Drew, did you end up having anything for next time? Well, after the conversation in the text chat and thinking about timing, I feel like maybe we should go with the thing that you said and save Richie's idea for the other one in December. Okay. Uh, unless so, you unless you have another holiday themed thing and we could do all holiday stuff for December. I do not. Um but I mean hey that that thing I I mentioned to you is a party. It is, it is a party. It is a a party party if you will. But let's we, let's do it. Let's watch fucking Mario Party Party 5. 5, right? That's the live one. I I'm think 90. so. I'm 99% sure. Let's find out. We should we should have done this uh, ahead of time, but whoops, man! I just tried to Google Mario Party Party Five. That was a stupid move. Giantbomb.com. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, gonna, we're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it going. More giant bomb stuff. Um, Mario. Par- it is five. Yep. I googled Mario pro- Party Party Five, and it was the second thing that comes up. Okay, let me. <laughs> I, we've been over this before. My default search engine is Bing because Fair. I want the fucking points. Fair. <laughs> now, is this a premium? All Mario Party Party things are premium. Okay. So, Rich, they do a free trial for this. I will send you a link for the free trial. Um, I think it's a 30-day free trial. Okay. Um, it might only be seven days, but, like, this is a... It's about a four-hour video. Um, they are playing whatever the fifth Mario Party game that released was. Looks like it's on GameCube. Um, yes, it was a GameCube. This was. was this was live at a PAX. I want to say yes. it was a PAX West. Yes. Um. So the four guys are on stage. Um. One of them is Dan, who who was just on episodes one thirty six and one thirty seven of the Beast Cast. Mm-hmm. Um. One of them, you may be. Are you familiar with the blinking white guy meme? Uh. Yes. Um. Drew the, is the blinking white guy. Yeah. So you'll see the blinking white guy on on the stage. Um, <laughs> and there's a crowd there cheering and booing as bullshit happens in Mario Party. Okay. Um, it is possibly one of the greatest underdog stories of all time, right up there with Rudy. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 Mario Party, so yeah, I, that's absolutely one hundred percent believable. But yeah, so I will. Um, the the video quality might not be a hundred percent great, and I think I think I remember the sound being just like not bad, but it's a live thing, so like th- people do cheer, and you may like have trouble hearing the guys at some spots, but like it doesn't hurt anything. No. Um, and like for a lot of it, like half the screen is taken up by the actual Mario Party game. Um, but yeah, so I will, uh, so for anybody listening, not just for Richie, I'm going to throw the, uh, the link for the premium trial into the show notes as well as the link to Mario Party Party 5. Um, and we will be talking about that on December 9th will be that episode, it looks like, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we will record on the 8th, it will release on the 9th, and then, Rich, um, you picked a holiday, we're not going to disclose it yet, but you picked a holiday thing that we would talk about two weeks later, which would actually release right before Christmas on the 23rd. Yes. So uh, that actually works out perfectly. I wasn't sure, I, I didn't realize that you had mentioned the Mario Party Party, but I was uh, kind of I was kind of hoping that you would have just thrown it to me for the next two suggestions, because I almost said for this week we would watch Jingle All the Way. Is that um, available anywhere? Uh, it is available on Hulu. Really? Huh. Yes. That is the cult classic Jingle All the Way. Oh, we didn't want to do Jingle All the Way 2 with Larry the Cable Guy? 
Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> I mean, maybe we can. I mean, has, have any of us seen Jingle All the Way 2? I have never seen Jingle All no. the Way 2. Uh, it is on Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus. I, I think Jingle All the Way was on Disney Plus and not Hulu. I think it was the Santa Claus. That the, was, no, the yeah, Santa Claus. Jingle, is... Jingle All the Way is on both Hulu and Disney Plus because okay. they're the same. The Santa Claus is on is on Disney. Well, how about this? No, how we're watching this? Mario Party. Fuck Jingle no. All the Way too, but just say no. Yeah. <laughs> so book club. Let's do Mario Party Party for like I said the the ninth. Uh huh. Do you think between now and the fifteenth, our ne- like our our middle of the month recording in December, you guys would be able to watch Jingle All the Way too? <laughs> Maybe. Like I will. Wa- I will watch. Well, both. shit. Uh, I'll watch both Jingle All the like, Way and Jingle All the Way too. It's three weeks from now. It's like two hours that you need to to have free. Well, here's. I mean, here's the thing about that show on the fifteenth. That's right after PAX. How much uh, extra time in that show are we going to have? It's Jingle All the Way too. Well, we- <laughs> yeah. So Fair. I'm, I'm Fair. not suggesting this as a book club thing. I'm just suggesting maybe on the 15th, if we all happen to watch Jingle All the Way too, uh, we will spend, you know, 15 minutes talking about what a shit show it was. Oh, 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 hold on. You think we need 15 minutes? I think we're going <laughs> to need two minutes. I don't know, man. Sometimes you get on these fucking tangents about grades and shit like that, and true. what could have been five minutes ends up being like twenty minutes. So look, anything's possible. Here's the thing: uh, but, besides the fact that he's probably a Republican, Larry the Cable Guy isn't going to get me as heated as um as as Ridley Scott did, and that's why I was going on those rants because Ridley Scott got. So actually, I think Larry the Cable Guy is super progressive. Yeah, I think like really? that that car- Well, like. Larry the Cable Guy is a character. Yeah. Like, also, just going to throw it out there. Jingle all the way to 30% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. It doesn't have any review score. <laughs> there are zero, like, legitimate review sources on Rotten Tomatoes for for Jingle all the way to. So, like, yeah, if you guys have whatever, however long this movie is, like two hours. Oh, it's it's a 93-minute mo- movie. We can totally fucking talk about this the week at the the week All of right. PAX. All right, we'll do it. Okay, so so there you have it. So in two weeks, we are talking about um uh Mario Party Party Five. Check the show notes for the links to that. The week after, we're gonna have just like a little mini club where we talk about Jingle All the Way too. And then the week after that, we have another. We'll have a special Christmas edition of the book club that we'll talk about in two weeks. Yep. Yep. Now. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? Not at all. No. No. I think that's it. All right. Well, I guess in that case, we will start getting uh, wrapped up as I type the time in. Um, if you'd like to find more of our content, you can head over to www.onequest.com. You can also help us by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. If you can't support us there with dollars, though, you can go to your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, rate us, review us, subscribe. All those things help a whole bunch. You can also find us on social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on Twitter and Instagram. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo. And you can always send us an email to social at one-quest.com. Have a good Thanksgiving if you're in the U.S. Um, That's tomorrow. That's when this will go up. Uh, Friday. If you're a Patreon supporter at the $5 tier or above, you will get the next episode of Bonus Action, which should be the last one with bad audio. 
um, because that will be the last episode for our very first session. Uh, After that will be to everyone having a good microphone. Um, And then that episode will go live for everybody this coming Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, we'll be back next week with some more to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.